Welcome to the Anime Backlog, a podcast featuring three weebs forcing each other to finally watch each other's anime recommendations. A note that episodes will contain spoilers about that week's featured anime and will have explicit language. You can follow the show for updates on Twitter at the Anime Backlog. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Anime Backlog Podcast, or that time we once again put our hands in the fate of... No, we didn't. We didn't do that. We put our fate in the hands of the dice. I fucked up my intro. Whatever. We're keeping it. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Daniel Book. Hello. And Nick Sparts. We don't do retakes. We just roll. We're we're in it. I'm a one-take guy. Yeah, we're one-take. We're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm no, sure no, a not. lot of you know the drill at this. Shut the fuck up, Dan. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you guys know the drill at this point. We have a list of 20 anime. Five were suggested by each of us. So I have five nominations. Dan has five nominations. Nick has five nominations. We have five trash anime on here. I am going to roll a d20, and we are going to watch whatever show is the corresponding number. Yay. And the big thing is we haven't seen any of these. The nominations for the for each of us are ones we've just heard good things about and are interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would like to see them. And then five that none of us but would like to see. We put it on the proverbial backlog. On the backlog, and then they one just gathered say. dust. Because <laughs> <laughs> until now, the the two watch pile is dark and full of tears. <laughs> um. So the list is mostly the same as last time, except instead of B stars, which was Dan's suggestion. Uh, he repopulated with a new suggestion, which is the currently airing <laughs> Undead Unluck. So, yeah. should I go through the list? Do we want to go through the list? You can go through the list. All right. So, for the list, we've got Akiba Made War, my nomination. Bakuman, my nomination. Banana Fish, me. Black Bullet, trash. Fruits yeah. Basket, Nick. Grand Blue Dreaming, Nick. Horimiya, Nick. Link Click, Marcus. Maria the Virgin Witch, Dan. Masamune Kun's Revenge, trash. My One Hit Kill Sister, trash. Planets, Nick. Plastic Memories, Dan. Rent a Girlfriend, trash. Obviously. You know from the title. Revolutionary Girl Utena, that was me. Teasing Master Tagaki san, that was Nick. The God of High School, trash. To Your Eternity is Dan, Undead Girl Murder Farce, I said it right, <laughs> Dan, and the Crit Natural 20 is Undead Unluck, which I just mentioned is Dan. Yeah, there's only so, a 5% chance we'll pick a show that is currently airing. There's no, <laughs> I mean, there is a way, it's 5%, but there's yeah. no way. Yeah. Dan really wanted well, to tempt the fate. Yeah, which I, uh, I won't be surprised if it happens, but. Get the weighted dice, I know how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just. That's why you guys can't see it. I just fudge the roll. That's mm-hmm. why we don't do video production. We haven't had a trash <laughs> right. run in a minute. 
Before I roll these bones, or this singular bone, it's one die. <laughs> this singular bone. This one bone. Does anybody have any comments before we figure out our fate? No. I've, I've been clamoring to watch Two Year Eternity. I don't want to cry that much. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I don't want to be hurt. hurt All me. right, I've got my fancy dice tower and my singular bone. Let's see what we got. It was close. 19. <laughs> What's 19? Undead gr- uh, murder farce. Murder Undead farce. Girl Undead murder farce. girl murder hey. face. Farce. I think it's both. I don't. I always say it wrong. It is farce. So this but, is a uh, summer 2023 anime. So real fresh. Real recent. Yeah. Uh, it's on Crunchyroll. 13 episodes long. Rated so we're 17 plus. Hey. Oh shit! God damn it! Oops. Uh, violence Oops, and profanity doesn't say nudity. <laughs> okay, good. good. Okay. Uh, tags are fantasy and mystery, and then it's adult cast, detective, historical, and vampire for themes. Vampire. Uh, okay. Synopsis: In 19th century France, the wife of vampire noble Jean Duchet Duchet Godard <laughs> is murdered in her own home. With the local human authorities unwilling to properly investigate the case. Godard hires a pair of private detectives known to specialize in the supernatural. Sugaru Sinuchi, a man with a mysterious birdcage, and his partner, Aya Rindu. This enigmatic duo has come from faraway Japan for one purpose, to track down the man who stole both Aya's body and Sugaru's humanity. And it is a 7.91 on Mal. Hey, that's not bad. That's a pretty solid rating, I would say. Yeah. I'm... I'm wary of the 17 plus, but I hope it's just that they say fuck a lot. Oh. I, I, I right, get the yes. vibes that this is going to be super bloody and violent. Like, yeah. that is my assumption. Like, kind of like a Helsing thing. Uh, it is based on a manga that originally released in 2015. It is still going. Mm, okay. That's a good sign. Yeah, 13 episodes, so I'm we're just doing the whole thing then, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. It'd be way too hard to try to parse it, and we'd probably end it like right on a cliffhanger if we tried to. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, oh, sorry. It is actually a light novel, not a manga. Mm. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, All right. Fair. Well, do we have any thoughts before we cue the magical interlude and watch a decapitated lady? Uh, considering this is 13 episodes and we just finished recording a 13 episode part two that took us almost three hours, uh, it's probably better if we cut this here for time and we yeah. just move on to the music. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to get to it, boys. All right. Okay, well, we will cue the magical musical interlude and we will see you all in 30 seconds your time, about a week our time. See you on the other side. See you. Later.
Hello, and welcome back to the Anime Backlog Podcast. For you, it's been just a few seconds. For us, it's been, what are we at, a week? I think about a week. Over a week. Over a week. Coming Over up on week. two. It has taken us an incredibly long time to watch 13 episodes of Undead Girl Murder Frosh. No, it hasn't. It's just we don't record schedule-wise great. That it's was the holidays. Holidays. <laughs> Woo. It's Yay. the holidays. I mean, what are you, you going to do? Have a holly jolly crimbop. Because right, so, I've had this done for literally a week. I think I finished last Saturday, and it's now Friday. So I finished 10 minutes ago. I finished a few days ago, so we're we're pretty even across the spectrum here. We just like covered the spread. Uh, wh- but whoever right. did the MVP summaries of the episodes, you the real MVP, because I would have definitely started forgetting shit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but all right, let's uh, let's hop into it. I guess let's go with initial thoughts. What did you boys think? I'll go first. Um, what a shame. Uh, 791 feels like a wildly high score. Maybe not wildly high. Maybe that's harsh. <laughs> but the first two-ish arcs were fine. Like Vampire Mansion and then Sherlock Holmes bullshit. I, I enjoyed those. But the werewolf arc, the crack started showing really bad. And then I just didn't enjoy the werewolf arc. Like about halfway through it, I was in. And then sh- shit just started happening for 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 reasons. And then the explanation was it's just kind of the weakness of the show where it's like, here are these clues. We're going to make these crazy assumptions and things we didn't show you or talk to you about. So instead of like an investigative show of them going through clues, you kind of puzzling it together and then them going and then the big reveal. It was, hmm, I'm going to pull some bullshit out of my ass and throw this bullshit together. It's okay. what, what a shame. And um, the one like officially LGBT com- person is um, assault people. So that's sick. We, we we love that trope here. Wait, who is that? The vampire Carmilla. lady. Oh, Camilla. She right. sexually assaults everybody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Women. Yeah. And so it's it's just rough whenever like sometimes you see a lot of LGBT characters in otherwise really straight shows they'll become villainous and it's kind of whack when that's their only representation as a villain i I mean camilla is based on like established literature though so i don't necessarily fault this show as much for that particular choice yeah she's like that like that's lore accurate Sure, but like that's the only LGBTQ community, other than maybe this the effeminate black Kyle. Oh, Kyle! But Kyle Chaintail. But Kyle, ugh, some of his shots. Anywho, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I, I I was I was way in early on, like the first two thirds, and then the back half soured it really bad for me. Or excuse me, the back third. Okay, Nick. I similarly agree that the werewolf arc is far and away the weakest arc. I was super in on the first vampire arc. Second arc, I thought got a little too crazy with the Sherlock Holmes. Like there started being too much happening, but I'm like, I'm still in. And then werewolf arc was like, we're going to even have more shit happening. And then I thought it really couldn't keep itself on the rails too well. Some other things I'll comment on. Uh, 
I really like the OP, but it also got Britney Spears Toxic stuck in my head because it sounds really similar. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed the OP okay. a lot. I, I, I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Uh, and then I thought they grossly misused the insurance company characters. They they hype yeah. them up as these really cool monster hunters, and then they just kill them off rapid fire. So there's going to be what? Like there's three left alive, I think, after these three arcs. Yeah. So it's like, why, why, why are they in the show? I'm, why? I'm sorry. Why was the Phantom of the Opera in this show? Like, why, why was half of this shit in this show? It f- the, the, the Phantom of the Opera at least is still alive and could potentially still do things and be relevant to the overall storyline. Whereas the insurance I know. characters just get offed. Yes, the insurance <laughs> characters just get offed. They don't explain why, why these regular, otherwise regular humans are able to go toe to toe and take crazy hits. They're just crazy strong. I don't know. Eh. And some of that stuff I would be fine hand-waving. I'm just saying, because they're offing them so quickly, it just made the whole thing fucking pointless. Yeah, because they, they, they chalked them up to being so scary. And also, this show, the, the last werewolf arc, just, like, suddenly shockingly violent <laughs> yeah. at times. It's mostly just like, hey, let's line up these civilians, and I'm going to whip-chain all their heads off. <laughs> and then Audra's just like, sweet Jesus, I'm out. Yeah. I mean, it, it got when, super violent starting about episode probably eight or nine. The second half of the Sherlock Holmes arc is when it got started getting just really, yeah. really violent. Yeah. When the um, uh, banquet showed up and they just That's started offing people. But, all right. mm-hmm. but before we get too but far here, you. Marcus, your thoughts. <laughs> I loved this shit. Like, a lot. I had, like, a couple gripes. It was mostly Carmilla, and other than that, I loved this shit, like, pretty all around. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed a lot of the, like, callbacks to a lot of, like, classic literature characters, or just real dudes, like, Aleister Crowley, that was just a guy. Yeah. He's a real-life person, and in this, he was also just a guy, so to me, it was overwhelmingly funny that the insurance company who hunts monsters has big beef with Aleister Crowley and it's like, no, that's just a dude. That's just a dude. That's a menace. That's it. I loved that. I loved the banquet. I loved Lupin. I loved Sherlock shit. I will agree that the werewolf arc was probably the weakest, but I don't think it was, at least in my eyes, bad. I enjoyed this whole fucking thing. Hmm. A couple positives I should throw out too that I didn't because I was more jumping on what Dan was saying. Uh, the banter between the three main characters was excellent throughout. Oh, basically, yeah. that uh, was refreshing. I thought it was very different mm-hmm. and, and, and enjoyable. Yeah, and the, so, and the the weird Rakugo angle that the what's his, the main character was doing was was really interesting. The the Japanese storytelling. Oh, Suguru? stuff. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So that stuff I really appreciated. I generally liked most of the side characters they introduced, um, basically up until the werewolf arc. Uh, but yeah, overall, characterization was really strong. Uh, There's a lot of really cool cinematography done in this. Like mm-hmm. there'd be crazy camera angles and mm-hmm. just to show different perspectives and things like that that were 
unique and I stuff I don't generally see in anything yeah. besides Gohan shit. But they didn't go quite. I knew as, you were gonna say it. <laughs> but they wouldn't do like the crazy panning shit that Gohan's does. So it wasn't yeah, like yeah. off putting. It was just like just some yeah, they, novel ways to draw action. Some cool editing where like someone would be talking and like their bubble or the, their their square would pop up and it would talk and then it would minimize whenever someone else would interject and another character would pop in. And it was it was interesting and it had a lot of energy. And if I could just give the first two arcs or whatever uh, the main ones, you know, pre pre werewolf shit, that was like a solid eight. Like I agree with where Mal at Mal is at. Like eight, maybe eight two. But damn, the that shit fell the fuck apart with the well werewolf arc. And they just like we're like, hey, let's um, oh shit, we only have a couple episodes to wrap this up. Well, we're just hitting speed run. Yeah. And uh, dog shit animation half the time. And I think that comes down to, like, industry crunch problems, too, where it's like, a, we're not giving you 25 episodes. You get 13, make it fucking work. And here's like, the material yeah. you have to make work. So it's like, yeah. I I can be somewhat forgiving. It is unfortunate, I will say. The, and this is going to be the thing we always fucking say. It would have benefited from more episodes. <laughs> So oh, put it man. on the bingo is, card. Is, is that on the bingo? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. The thing is, I don't know why they necessarily decided they had to do three full arcs in this thirteen episode run. Because apparently, first two. that Easy. is that is the three of the first four books that are out. So they could have got done two arcs and said, "Hey, now we have two more arcs." If they green light a season two. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, otherwise this thing for me oozed with style, like. From it, the OP mm-hmm. to the outro, just style galore. Yeah, I was in. I was sold until the the cracks started showing. Like the first couple episodes of the werewolf stuff was fine, um, and then like I think it was when there was like a fight and the werewolf was switching in between the wolf form, the the Therian hybrid, and then you know kind of back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it looked so jank. I didn't know what the fuck was happening most of the time. <laughs> and and they were like, oh, they switched it to the wolf form to run faster. And it's like, no, they're clearly much stronger and faster in their hybrid form <laughs> and not weak. And it just didn't make any sense. And a lot of shit just happened. And then they had to like wrap up and tie all the loose ends on the story and just with just a lot of exposition at the end. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if this studio because this is their fifth project for tv ever i wonder if they just got a little over their skis uh, trying to do some of the heavy action scenes towards the end and they just couldn't quite deal i was um i was very concerned with the op there was that bit with the jack the ripper and our main character fighting i was like oh okay and then i like watched it kind of hard i'm like oh they're just doing big windmilly moves hopping over each other but nothing no actual fighting is happening it's just some acrobatics. Yes, like, I've seen oh, no. Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. You know, because I've seen some other anime where just two characters do gymnastics at each other for a little bit, and then they go back to do more exposition. And that was, I was concerned from the get-go. It made me happy more or less throughout, and then it just fell apart at the end. But let's get in the episode-to-episode shit so we don't have a three-hour motherfucker. Agreed. We'll see. See, so yeah, episode one. Oni Slayer. The year is 1897. We are in Japan. Uh, basically, it's giving us a setup of 
modernization is kind of coming. So it's like kind of getting away from the old kind of spiritual world where we have monsters and demons and spirits and shit running around. And Japan enacts what they call the Great Purge to where they're like, we have to get rid of all of these fucking monsters and shit. We, we need cannot, that British money. We cannot yep. coexist. We got British money and guns. <laughs> Let's wipe these motherfuckers out. We can't industrialize without literally killing off their traditional Japanese yeah. culture. <laughs> we are a metaphor for colonialism. Let's get it. So basically we meet our main character, uh, Suguru Shinuchi, who is also known as the quote-unquote Oni Slayer. Dude is basically like a circus attraction kind of guy right now where he just fights monsters like in like the big tent. And that's kind of what he does. Um, at one point we meet a lady. Well, we don't meet her. She just straight up tries to sucker punch a motherfucker. She just straight up attacks Suguru and she's wearing a maid outfit. She fights with a gun and like a bayonet. And is kind of this huge badass. She is it still wrapped up at this point? It's just like she's just whacking him with it. At first, yeah, she's just whacking him with it. And also, it looked really like broom-like. So at first, I didn't know it was going to be a gun. Oh yeah. But yeah, they're fighting, and he's kind of like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just down to clown. Because this is just this guy's jam. Like, his whole steez is that he just likes fucking fighting, and he enjoys it. Which, at first, I will say, worried me, because I get really tired of the Goku trope of, like, oh, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy that likes to fight, and that's my only characteristic whatsoever. Hey, that's a Dragon Ball Super Goku, to be fair. Yeah. No, BBC. that was existing he, in he, Z. But he wasn't a full-on idiot. <laughs> He would still be like, they killed everyone, Vegeta. We have to put everything aside. <laughs> New Goku's like, I'm going to sacrifice the universe for a good scrap. They may have flanderized him further, but he was like that in Z. Only yeah, I would sure, say sure. the only one who wasn't is like OG Dragon Ball Goku. Yeah. Bro gave Cell a sensu bean and then let him box his kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's because he had to get the full power out, right? <laughs> But, Anywho. so that that did worry me. At first, I was afraid it was just going to be this trope of like, oh, this guy only exists to be kind of a clown and fight. But I found that I started to really like Suguru pretty immediately. And kind of like what you said, Nick, very heavily for his banter. Oh, the banter between him and... Uh, uh, Shizuka? Shizuka was oh, hilarious. Mm-hmm. And the way they play off each other and just get yeah. like, dumb puns back and forth was great. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It was like episode, was it? Uh, I guess we'll get there. But there's a bit in like the end of the vampire arc that was mm -hmm. a lot of fun with them. But yeah, that, the episode one, like it shows up and it starts off strong. The animation's pretty solid. The intro is a lot of fun. Um, and... It mostly keeps it up through most of the show, except for, you know, what we talked about. Yeah. Yeah, and at one point, their fight is kind of interrupted by just a... I don't mean to do a pun here, but I don't know how else to word this. By just a disembodied voice. 
Wow. <laughs> that the, yeah, I know. No, no, that works because Aya constantly made jokes about oh, missing yeah. a body. So, but then it's coming from this bird cage with a cloth over it. Turns out it's just a fucking head in there. It's just a head, and she's alive. And then she explains that she's uh, being known as the immortal, mm-hmm. who effectively can't die, but her body, the rest of her body was stolen from her, and it turns out that the same dude who stole her body is the same dude who turned uh, Suguru into a half-oni. Wow. Like, hybrid guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he can fight these monsters so well, and why he's, like, so acrobatic and windmilly. And but, able yeah. to do all these things. <laughs> Man, and ep- although episode one, I forgot what shot it was, but they're already reusing shots in episode one, and I was also concerned about that. Yeah, I honestly, I think a lot of the downfall of this, to, it seemingly to me, came to budget. Mm. I believe it. I believe it. They, had, it they clearly be, had a vision. Could uh, be partially it, budget and could just be partially that the studio doesn't seem to have a lot of experience. Yeah. I think yeah. that too, because like, once you pointed that out, yeah, they do not have a lot under their belt. It's and it, the stuff that is under their belt is not shit I've heard of. It's it's promising, you know. I look forward to seeing what else they do because they had a lot of fun with a lot of the like uh, the like tracking camera shots of Suguru like walking through the back alley or whatever, and it's just kind of tracking him there, and just a lot of refreshing, fun techniques. Uh, mm-hmm. that you don't see in a lot of anime. So I'm excited to see what they do, you know, given the appropriate budget and time. But, you know, this industry seems to be rushing into a collapse oh, <laughs> with overworking everyone and underpaying it. Yeah. And, it. and looking at their other projects they've done for TV, three of the uh, other four were with another studio. Two was with mm-hmm. uh, Mop, uh, Mappa, and the other one was with uh, um, Brains Base. Oh, yeah. So they, one, this is only their second like solo TV show. And the one with Brains Base seems to be the only like actiony oriented one. It's an adventure fantasy isekai, but it's got a five point five nine on Mal. Yeah, and another, and the one they did solo is a five point seven one. Yeah. So, Monochrome uh, Factor had a higher rating than that on Mal. Monochrome Factor had a disgustingly high score. Oh, I agree. So this definitely seems to be kind of the initial good show they've made, and hopefully yeah. we see some more cool stuff from them in the future. But I definitely think it was a situation of they didn't quite know how to fully handle what they were given, uh, yeah. especially when it came to animating the action sequences. There was only kind of so much skill they had to bring to the table. Put in a lot of movement, and we'll be good. Just make yeah. sure there's a lot of movement. <laughs> um so, so is this Oni lore of them being able to damage anything? Is that a part of the lore that you guys know about? This is this was news news to me. I, I don't believe know much, that is consistent because I know the Oni has similar abilities in Dungeons and Dragons, where it has yeah. like a sex, uh, extra lethal attacks, but not a lot of defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know as hmm. much about specifically the Japanese Oni, but okay. Every, every bit of fantasy I've engaged with that has an Oni in it has kind of this kind of glass cannon mentality. Okay, okay. Slash lore where uh, I forgot what it was, but there was like a game or maybe it had been a tabletop, but if you get hit by an Oni, 
it's like you regenerate hit points like half as fast or something oh. like that. Okay. Or healing is less effective on you. I don't remember what it was, but like that kind of tracked with this. <laughs> also, the shots of our like mad doc professor whatever man that they just kind of show with the cane. Moriarty. It, more, yeah, more that we find out is Moriarty <laughs> yeah. later. I was looking at the cane. I was like, is this a Majin? Like, is he is he from the DBZ oh, yeah. <laughs> universe? I was like, that like stylized M, very particular. M, I was like, was I have pretty. a pink hat with that M on it. <laughs> <laughs> and and for some reason at that point, I thought he was Doctor Jekyll, mm. um, which you know I was you know, clearly wrong later. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it would have been a good guess. Like yeah. a Mr. Hyde cane or something like mm-hmm. that? It's because I saw, like, the, but then, like, oh, or, or or maybe he's Frankenstein, and he's got literal Frankenstein's monster with him. <laughs> the M is just for monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but we get the, uh, the bit, the, the, the deal, because Mr. Oni Man, as a, uh, shitty hybrid, like, experiment, he is... Um, gonna die. Mm-hmm. And he's he's gonna burn out as he uses his powers, and it's killing him. And it's, or and it's gonna take take over. Effectively, him. it's gonna consume him and yeah. turn him into a full oni eventually. Yeah, he's gonna just like go berserk, kind of. Yeah. And so the way they they suggested to hold it back would be um, to consume the cells of the immortal, <laughs> and then they don't go with hair. So you, your options are limited if that's not they're not doing hair. It's not my hero rules. Obviously, <laughs> it's not JJK rules because she ain't got no fingers. Nope. So, so we once again stumble into the land of the author's poorly disguised fetish. <laughs> and <laughs> this one wasn't that bad. This wasn't the literal saliva anime that aired a while back. Yeah, L- look it up. That was weird. And um. And they only did it one other time later, which thank God. Yeah, I was gonna say it only happens twice in the whole show. So, so like you know, I'm not gonna declare that this was entire trash, but there was so much gulping going on during those. <laughs> scenes. It, it was a very big oh no moment for me. As it's well. like he cracked open a Gatorade. It was just like <laughs> glug, glug. the first time they showed it, I definitely. Was a little concerned, but as the series went on, I was just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Audra said, they're going to baby bird this shit, and it's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. it wasn't too bad. Um, also, this episode started off at 1897, episode 2, 1898. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's about a year later. And we also get confirmation, because episode 2... They're heading to, I believe this one is in France. Yes. Right? They're heading to an estate in France uh, because there's a family of vampires who are what they call human allies. Like, they they don't fuck with humans. They don't drink human blood. We see Brody, like, looking for a deer. Or he's hunting a deer at first. And even using a gun to try and shoot it. And he's like... Man, fuck all this bullshit. <laughs> just well, like, we don't know he's a vampire yet, so true. he's just a shit shot, and then goes fuck this noise, and then pounces. Which this animation wasn't very good either, but tried <laughs> to chase after and pounce on this deer, and and I laughed, and un, it was unintentional humor because it looked <laughs> so silly. 
Uh, also, it was made sillier by the context that we don't know he's a vampire. Yeah. Yet. So it's like, what think, is this dude I think doing? When he like looks back and talks to the boy, you can start seeing some teefies uh, yeah. show up. I, I saw the fangs immediately, so I was like, okay, vampires next. All right. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was just my uh, guess because also it's like, who hunts deer at night? Like, so that that was kind of another oh, guess yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. So, uh, and then it's established that Count Dracula is dead in this world. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, allegedly, because Suguru is a bit of a fibber at times. He seems to say whatever he wants. It's kind of an moment. unreliable narrator storyteller. Like he'd just be saying shit sometimes. But yeah, but like Count Dracula's dead. Um, the uh, Lord of the House, whatever his name was, uh, meets with our investigators. Yeah, it's uh, Godard. Mm-hmm. Godard. He uh, s- takes them into the uh, the mansion. They kind of explain what's going on because the wife was murdered. She got murked. Dun, murked in the house while everyone was present. Yeah. So well, it's we a think, classic at who this point, we, we think because we do get people rounded up and we get the alibis. And there are some people that have unaccounted time. Like they mm-hmm. don't have an alibi. So it's kind of like a, well, they say they were in the house, but. We don't know. So this was fun, and then this was the most fun and interesting investigation arc. Because it felt like, while there was a little bit of, like, here's a thing, exposition telling you why that's important. They didn't... Mm-hmm. I, I, I tend to like my mystery shows where they give you clues and then give you a little time to fucking consider it. <laughs> yeah. This one was just full on eyes, like, hmm, I'm going to finish this after dinner, motherfuckers. Like... <laughs> I got it. Which we're setting up that she's an amazing investigator at whatever. Yeah. But like as the viewer, I'm just like, oh, let me participate a little bit. <laughs> well, and they also, too, we also kind of get like it is, it goes from 1897 to 1898. And we hear that there's been cases in between because we also get introduced to this like little reporter girl named Annie. Yeah, um, who's literally fo- seems to be following them around case to case. Mm-hmm. Like just globetrotting. Yeah, and where right? did little orphan Annie get all this fucking money? Oh, Journalism man. paid it better is, back then. If it is orphan Annie, that would be hilarious. <laughs> That's oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I was just making a joke, but it would actually make sense considering so many like literature figures. Mm, right, that'd be wouldn't put weird. it past them. Um, but we also get that like they have solved other cases. But in my mind, I was like, I kind of want to hear about some of those other cases. Like I want to watch that. Like they're like, yeah, they got this mermaid guy acquitted of murder and i'm like what the fuck i want to watch that (laughs) let me see that ace attorney episode i hope they if they keep writing this and do future seasons i hope they kind of at least go back to some of those Mm because that's where the magic is the battle shonen is mediocre and these this little tiny arc is the most straight detective mystery we get Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I it, liked that a yeah. lot. Through it's the first four episodes, what I expected this show to be was literal like it'd be three episode mystery. So I'm like, okay, so we have the intro episode, and then it's going to be three episode mystery, three episode mystery, three episode mystery, three episode mm-hmm. mystery. We're done. So I'm like, cool, we got four mysteries. This is going to be great. But then the second arc, obviously, they're like, nope, crazy shit's popping off now. So now this is a five episode arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that felt like they should have shown up much later in like a normal show. That was like, let's get into this 
cycle that you're used to and then really throw it, you know, mix it up by having this other group show up and fuck with everything. Yeah. If that I would was, be fun. If I was plotting this out, I would have done two normal arcs at least before you start bringing in all the crazy shit. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they ramped it up a little too quickly because a lot of the fun of the show was just hanging with the characters. Like you didn't need to amp the stakes up so quickly. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, I agree. But yeah. So as they're trying to like solve this mystery, basically we're uncovering other clues where it seems like things aren't adding up. So like the wife is dead. There wasn't a struggle. So it wasn't like she was fighting somebody or somebody maybe had to sneak up on her, but they kind of deduced that that's pretty much impossible with a vampire. Well, the investigation popped off with them going back into the mansion with uh, Goddard. Goddard. Yep. Goddard. Um, and the store, a particular storeroom, the lock was broken, like torn mm-hmm. apart. And they go in and this, this, the murder weapon, air quotes, the silver stake showed up. And it had a bunch of sizzling vampire blood because they hate silver. Yeah, an old boy couldn't even touch it. Lord Goddard, he like he goes got to burned. grab it. Oh. And like it starts burning his hand before he even fully touches it. So then it's kind of like a layer of, well, a vampire couldn't have killed her with this stake because that motherfucker couldn't even touch it. And she even like investigated everybody's hands to see if anybody had some fucked up hands. The vampires at least had some fucked up hands like... Yes, they heal quickly, but it's also established in lore, universe lore, that they do not heal quickly from silver. Because Lord Goddard even says, like, a burn from silver would take us weeks to heal. It, it would heal wild. like a human would heal. But, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was it, that was probably my favorite kind of twist. And I don't really know how to quite do this episode to episode because I think it's probably more interesting to kind of discuss the clues through. I, I, say, I say arc to arc. Yeah. Because uh, episode to episode, it's they bleed into each other very oh, sure. much. So, yeah, I say arc to arc. So, I, I love go. the twist of, oh, he actually did burn his hand. But then to rectify it, he just chopped his hand off. Because he would <laughs> heal fun. from that quicker. I was yeah. like, that's that's a cool use of the facts to create an interesting mm-hmm. narrative. Like, that was yeah. really cool. Uh, Ajin had, also, a, had a bit like that that was really interesting where they would uh, resurrect from dying all the time. Um, so then the secret super soldiers that would show up to try and stop him would use tranquilizer guns and he, he would get hit with one, look down, pull out a pistol and pop himself so he could reset from the oh, trank. Jesus and I was like, Christ. God damn, that's so fucking tight. <laughs> Why do they do three DCG for this? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. But I, uh, I also thought from the vampire standpoint, that's a creative way to use your fucking powers. Yeah, that I was really interesting. I have never encountered vampire lore where it's like, oh, this will hurt me, and it'll take me a long time to heal. Well, I'll just do this other thing that I'll heal super-duper quick from. Yeah, and it showed that like, like the boy rules. had really planned this out. That Because that feels yeah. still unorthodox for a normal person, even a vampire, to chop off your own hand well, to cover the, up the vibe I scar. got from that was that was not initially part of the plan that that part he had to think up on the fly but it yeah. was very clever mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah well yeah because I I don't I don't think if I was a vampire I don't think I would think of that that's hard to put my 
my feet in those shoes to like, how would a vampire think? But I don't think I would come up with that. I'd be it, like, I guess I wear gloves now. I don't know. Like, it definitely shows a level of understanding and kind of on-the-fly cleverness that I think lends mm. cre- credence to the antagonist's ability in that particular arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I even think just to the writing, because even as an author, I think that's a cool thing to yeah, think of. that's clever. Yeah. I wonder where, when they were working through that, they were like, how do I get this murder thing? And the shtick is, is that <laughs> the wound will be covered up because they cut off the hand and regenerated it. How am I going to backpedal my way through (laughs) having a bit? But also, their butler's named Alfred, which is hilarious. Dude, I laughed so hard. (laughs) You know they did that shit on purpose. I think, yeah, all the characters being pulls from other pieces of literature or fiction, I think was very Mm. intentional. Oh, yeah, absolutely intentional. I just, the Alfred one, it was like a, the rest of these are pretty classic literature. Batman came out like the fucking forties. I don't. Would I mean, we that's not that, that classic far. literature now. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Alfred origin story. He used to work for vampires, and uh, now then he became a butler for the, the Waynes. Waynes. <laughs> and he doesn't age, also, because he's a vampire. Dun dun dun! <laughs> that's why he's always in the cave. <laughs> okay, uh, and the bats. Anywho. Oh man, Alfred! Give me that plot in the DC. <laughs> Alfred was a vampire the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that cave was just Alfred's hangout spot, and then the the stupid spoiled boy moved in and put all of his toys in there. <laughs> Look at this giant penny! Get out. Um. So the murder happened uh, earlier, and then they kind of walk through a lot of the clues, like this. Dusty jar that allegedly held holy water that was sprayed mm-hmm. around for some reason. But the dust was on the inside. Yeah, yeah so, so they was... they knew the holy water couldn't have actually come from that bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's um, like a misdirection thing, because he was trying to make it look like a vampire hunter did this. Yes, because they were already attacked before. Yeah, they had encountered vampire hunters before, and one even recently, and that's how they got... The silver stake is because dude tried to murk Lord Goddard out in the woods with the silver stake. He fucking failed. Lord Goddard murked him, but then he just locked the stake up in his storeroom. Basically like, a, well, if I know where it is, I know it can't be used against me mm-hmm. kind of thing. Theoretically, like, yes. I don't want my enemy to have this. And Raul's specific goal was to turn the family against the humans. He did not want mm-hmm. to be allied to the humans. So yeah. it was... He was like, I'll kill, and he viewed, uh, what was the mom's name, Hannah? Yeah, Han- he yeah. viewed Hannah as the main one driving the pro-human sentiment. So he's like, I'll off her, and I'll turn the rest of the family against humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, episode two is the episode where uh, Aya tells uh, Shizuru to strike Suguru for her later. later. Yeah, Set that that's up. right. Yeah. <laughs> and then... When he, she tries to do it at the end of the arc is using suitcases. <laughs> yeah, she has the suitcase. She's like, oh, yes, I was told to strike you and just starts swinging, <laughs> which is hilarious. Because they did, I feel like they alluded to it that Shizuka and Aya had a uh, potentially intimate relationship prior to losing the body. That's the vibe I got. Because when Shizuru was attacked by the vampire woman. Shizuka. Shizuka, sorry. Um, 
was attacked by the vampire woman, Camilla, um, she was talking about how she was had a much more experienced lover or whatever. Yeah. But the the person like the lover I've had has got centuries on you. Right. And is Which, much more experienced. I'm like, well, who's got centuries of age under their belt that's in their company at all times? Hmm. Alfred. The vampire butler. <laughs> oh, but yeah, yeah, well it's Black Butler and then this. Nope, we're not doing that one. <laughs> Um, Also, I thought that was interesting that the vampires went to church. I thought that too. And I was kind of like, how? Did they have to get invited in every time? (laughs) I, well, so they They also get photographed, which was weird too, I thought. They have a chapel on their grounds. So I'm wondering if it was like not consecrated ground because that's like vampire lore is that. Typically, a church or a chapel is on consecrated ground. It's been blessed. But if they just built one themselves and it's not consecrated or blessed and holy in any way, and it's on their own property, they could go in and out freely. That's that's how I thought of it. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate. but It could just be that this particular lore just doesn't have the whole cross and consecrated ground being an issue for mm-hmm. vampires like it is in other lore. <laughs> or crossing moving water. <laughs> but not yeah. everybody's got beef with Jesus. So. Um, episode three, we've collected a lot of clues, kind of asked about people's whereabouts, and now they're having dinner. Um, mm-hmm. I appreciated that they had the little girl vampire being messy with her with her food. Her blood soup. Yeah, yeah her, her little blood soup from the deer, which was fun. I wonder if the the servants just are just really good butchers at this point. I think I one like of them had a line be. about getting being really good at draining blood from at draining blood. But like, yeah. what do you like? They're the people who consume the flesh in this household. Do they just eat like venison every fucking day? Maybe that's pretty dope for eighteen. Uh, I was gonna say they're living pretty fucking large. Yeah, yeah. Like. That's why I don't know. I'm like they're lucky and. They seem to be protected by the Lord, the, the Lord, Goddard, or whatever, Goddard, <laughs> the Lord. They also go to church every Jesus. Sunday. <laughs> um, but I thought it was very strange whenever he, they were like eating and they had some of this, uh, some of the venison, I imagine, that was, mm-hmm. and then they're cutting into it and it exploded with juice. It was like fruit gushers. Every time they tried to cut into that shit, I was like, give me some meat, ju- meat gushers. Um. Oh, I do not like that phrasing at all. <laughs> we'll just edit it out in post, right? Um, no, we won't. Yeah. So, and then this was a lot of fun because they had this dialogue uh, that was really fast. People were just responding back and forth because mm. she was asking about whereabouts and people were getting testy about um, them getting called into you know question when she's just asking kind of pretty straight questions. And so this was fun. And then I don't know if you guys watched well, the news. But they news were well aware where these questions were leading. It oh, was, sure, oh, sure. Someone yeah. in the house was responsible. Well, yeah, it was, it was, it was, seemed like she came to that conclusion pretty, and, uh, pretty quickly. Um, but mm-hmm. the, 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 like the, the rapid fire dialogue back and forth felt like the newsroom in like a, a good way. I don't know if you ever watched the newsroom. I, I mean, know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then that, it's it's for modern standards, yeah, Sorkin, but it also just felt very like classic Sherlock Holmes too. Really, yeah. I, I don't consume mm-hmm. a lot of Sherlock other than um, Mind Palace, Bendy Dick, Cucumber Patch, and <laughs> Bendy Dick, 
And um, I've uh, who's who's the other one that's been for some? Oh, Robert RDJ. Jr. <laughs> Disco, discombobulate. discombobulate. Yeah, <laughs> gonna do it. So, 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 but the, this like quippy, witty dialogue that was kind of rapid fire was a lot of fun um, as well, and it kind of it kept the pace going, even though it was just people just sitting around talking. Yeah. Well, and I've said multiple times too, like. Good dialogue can make a scene so goddamn good because I, people know this about me. I love Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I always describe my favorite episodes as two dudes in a room talking. Not necessarily the wild and crazy space shit with wormholes and alien attacks. It's usually just like two dudes in an intense dialogue oh, going back and forth. Gold like, Ducat just shit. talking to Cisco most of the time. Their yeah. back and forth is just that good. shit's so good. So yeah, like they did them dirty at the end of Deep Space Nine, and I'll stand on that hill. Oh no, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that's similar too. If you look at most like police or medical procedurals, like the uh, best parts of those tend to be really <laughs> dialogue intense ones. Like the, the, the best House episodes are basically <laughs> House mm-hmm. talking at people. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like like the Wire. Yeah, like good dialogue can really, really elevate something. Even when it is like, oh, you've got wild shit happening. Like, this is a severed head talking at you. But in these moments, we don't, we're not focused on the fact that this is a severed head talking to vampires with a half Oni next to her. It's just like a, oh, we got to solve this fucking case. Like, this game of Clue is getting more interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really interesting. And I, I was sold on the show at this point. Like, this dinner thing, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm all the way in. This is interesting having mundane things happening, well, relatively, like a murder, but mundane things happening <laughs> to supernatural creatures and how they would, how that would throw a little chaos and difference mm. into the mix, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Because well, also, any other media we get, oh, you killed the vampire guy's wife. Oh, he's just burning down the countryside now. He's terrorizing the city. Like, that's it. Whereas this, it's a, no, no, no. Let's keep her cool. There's a logical explanation behind this. Let's find it. Yeah, even though the police were not handling the case well at all, he still didn't lose his cool. He's like, fine, I'm going to bring in a detective who will solve it for me. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker to the press, too. Like, also, you can tell the cops, fuck pigs, a cab. I know y'all ain't doing shit for me. These tax dollars aren't going anywhere. Y'all solve 2% of crime? Get the fuck out of my face. I'm calling in a, an expert. Like, We got to get those murder numbers down, though. <laughs> so then after dinner, though, a few of them go out to the woods again uh, to mm-hmm. kind of just see that area where they were hunting uh, and also, I think, probably trying to establish their alibis a little bit. But and also then- she wanted to see the area where they got attacked before. By the previous vampire hunter. Okay. I guess I forgot that part. Uh, but yeah. But then, yeah, another vampire hunter comes at him again. Yeah. But this one is just shoots a basic ass crossbow at him. <laughs> yeah. And that motherfucker just plucks it out. Like, what were you, what was your goal here? Why would you think this would work? You did not think this through, did you? Dude. <laughs> nope. He's like, oh, well, I put hot sauce on the end so it would be spicier. Yeah, and we got fucking discount Van Helsing. Uh, all these goddamn <laughs> vampire hunters look the same. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> There's, like, a lot of straps, leather belts, and a big hat. All oh, right. Yeah. That's, Let's go. That's, that's, that's how Hugh I stop Jackman it. Hugh Jackman was a pioneer. 
All right. Uh, I enjoyed the Helsing film. I know it wasn't <laughs> great, but it was like good campy, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Anywho. Um, it's not a bad movie. Yeah, so basically, Lord Goddard's like, you all saw it. He hit me first. I'm allowed to kill him. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll vouch this for self defense, right? <laughs> yeah, I loved that line. That was so fucking cold blooded. Like, mm-hmm. you saw him hit me first, right? So if I kill him in Florida, we have the stand your ground rule, and I'm allowed to do this. And so Floridian Dracula basically hunts this dude down, and he's about to kill him, but Aya steps in and is like, no, 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 no. Let's talk to old boy first. Get some info. He might be able to help us in regards to not only this case, but why people are hunting you. So they kind of question him, and we find out that his compatriot was the one that attacked Hugo. Yeah, like a few weeks earlier, a week earlier. No, I a few. I think it was just, just a few days, days before the murder. Days? Okay, mm-hmm. and it wasn't super long ago. I remember that much, but it was his silver stake. And he even has this line of like, well, Hugo even said, I've got a surprising ally. A strong ally, yeah. I'm going to be successful. Obviously, he wasn't. But then they just kind of let old boy go. And Lord Goddard is like pretty pissed about it and doesn't understand why they're letting this guy live after he just tried to take his life. Aya has a strange penchant for letting people go that she probably shouldn't. Uh, We'll talk about (laughs) the one (laughs) at the end. But but this was the start of that trend. This was the start. This was the start. I also feel like if you live for a thousand years, you're probably a little on the wacky side. Oh, I can't imagine living that long without going slightly psychotic. I, I do think she's on the wacky side, but this is definitely a through line for her character of, hey, maybe you shouldn't let this character go who just tried to murder somebody, or you shouldn't let this character go who did murder a lot of people. <laughs> Listen, the lesson we learn here is that it takes immortality to really appreciate the sanctity of life. Or right. to lose your or humanity just not give completely. A shit about the sanctity yeah. of life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Also, at the end of this episode, she said the thing. She said this was, we're going to reveal this to be a farce of a murder. Murder case. I was like, oh, she said the thing. And I was just like, Leo DiCaprio sitting in the chair, (laughs) snapping my finger and pointing. And like, oh, there it is. (laughs) We got there. Episode four. And So. so I was thinking like, oh, there's no murder weapon. And then immediately I started thinking about Brooklyn Nine Nine and the dentist murder case. And I was like, oh. There's a bit where a dentist kills another dentist or whatever, and he uses, like, uh... You should have his... agreed with me about that toothpaste! Ah. Right, right, right. He was he was the 10th dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... No, there was a bit where he, like, killed a man with a, like, fancy dentist to- fake tooth bullshit ice pick type mm-hmm. thing that they were able to melt back down in the machine right after. So I was like, oh, missing murder weapon? I wonder if it was ice. And then they show it. <laughs> I, dude, I turned to Caitlin and I went, the perfect crime. And it was because he, so this kid must have been like, because it sounds like he got, he because uh, 
well, I guess we don't know just yet that he hired Hugo. <laughs> and it's laid out in this episode. Okay. Well, he hires he, he, we find out that he hired Hugo and then was he expecting Hugo to kill anyone or was he just hoping to get no. the silver stake in to do all this bullshit? I, I so, think he he knew Hugo was going to fail. Okay. Yeah. But he, he wanted Hugo Oh, go ahead. He wanted Hugo to set up his ability to carry out the actual murder he wanted to commit. Yeah. And then he still knew blame Hugo it would fail so that because he also knew Hugo had the silver stake. So the silver stake was integral. The silver stake case, like the holder for it, was a big part because then he could get his hands on the case, put holy water in it, freeze it because it gets below freezing at night. Oh, they made sure to say it. <laughs> yeah. Which, which I appreciate. They set that up. Yeah, they set that up. Because, um, yeah, before when they go out in the woods, he's like, hey, you guys want a coat or something? It gets below freezing out here at night. And they're like, no, we're good. Which we're is, ahead and- to their credit, a like normal thing to say for yeah. this vampire who's trying to integrate into human society. Because like he wouldn't care, but he realizes that his guests might. His guests might care, which was a yeah. good touch and a good clue that wasn't so ridiculously out of place. Like, hey, be careful. There's mercury in those trees or something. <laughs> you know, just whacking off the wall. It's like, oh, it, well. It rains arsenic periodically. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, okay, put that on the list. He, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so he freezes the holy water in the stake case so that he's got the perfect murder weapon. But then he's also got the alibi of like, oh, there was this silver thing. They're going to suspect one of us of doing it with the silver spike. But my hands are clean, literally. Like, I Pontius Pilate wiped my hands of this. That's a Jesus reference, everyone. And that's where he comes in, where they determine that he hacked his fucking hand off after getting the burns because his hand would grow back really fucking quick. And I, this shit, it all coming together, I, this was perfect for me. Yeah. It was good. I loved this. And basically, like, Raul then took some of Hannah's blood, put it on the stake to make it look like the human had murdered her. Uh, and basically, like, the kind of the setup, the blood war, quote unquote, between his vampire family and the humans just sowing this discord, make it look like humans murdered mom. Oh, shit. We got to hit the streets to take them out because they fucked up one of ours. We got to fuck up all of theirs kind of thing. But it obviously doesn't work out. Raul also gets pissed and he fucking just lashes out. He's like, I've been cool and calm headed up until this point. You found me out. I'm going to kill you now. Yep. And then we had a a decent fight, a decent enough fight with Suguru. uh, Suguru. Mm -hmm. And... I do think Suguru comes off as too strong sometimes. Like, he was just manhandling Raul. Like, it was no big deal. It's also because he's a kid. That's what I chalked it up to. But that kid was jacked. (laughs) (laughs) That kid was yoked as fuck. He's the fastest kid on the planet. A a vampire. (laughs) And uh, so... I never felt like I fully understood Suguru. Like, he killed 
mon- chained up monsters in the you know I I guess that was the the bit where like he's been constantly fighting monsters like day mm-hmm. in and day out. So he's good at it, and the Onis were especially effective at killing shit. So yeah. I don't know, but there's it, it kind of makes sense, but it feels like he's at least at the start of the show here too strong. Like if especially since they seem to want to have some shonen battle aspect to it, he seems a yeah. little too powerful at the start. Yeah, yeah, they just hand wave the like OP shonen protagonist, which is such a boring trope, unless you really lean into it. Um, almost to like a humorous a- a- aspect, you know, like a One Punch Man. One Punch Man, yeah, yes. Uh, 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 magic the 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 irregular magical high school. Did you guys ever watch that oh, one? Oh, yeah. that was fucking terrible. <laughs> I know, but it was. I thought a good <laughs> OP protagonist show because he was just absurd. <laughs> he was like full Jesus at, at, by the end of it, just resurrecting people all around him. I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, I guess Jesus didn't really do that. He did it to himself. He's just selfish. No, um, Jesus resurrects one were... dude. Oh, yeah. he did? Yeah. My my guy Lazarus. Oh. Well, that irregular <laughs> guy did it to like yeah. 18 dudes. <laughs> and he would take yeah. all of their pain on himself to do it. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's him. Literally. But uh, I also like, I think for me, the battles, it wasn't so much the shonen aspect. It was, again, the dialogue during it. Like, I love the way Suguru banters during his fights. It's very entertaining to me. He was a very interesting character. Or just all yeah. kind of all around. And he was always the weird slumped over uh like posture. And after this after this episode he really leans into the Rakugo storytelling stuff. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. It was it was interesting. I, it took me a bit to get used to it and then once I was like mm-hmm. when I was on board I was good. But the case is solved. Killed that fucking kid. The family's <laughs> going back to normal-ish. Yeah, because he's the vampire lord guy. He was talking about how he's lost like three loved ones through his life, like you know, due to mm-hmm. murder. And now two in quick succession. And so. yeah, now it's within a week, basically two. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And then they bring up, oh hey, by the way. You ever see this old bastard with a cane with an M on it? And he's like, well, he just visited, actually. Funny you should ask. Yeah. And he was trying to get him to come back to London with him to be mm-hmm. part of the banquet, as we would find out later. The banquet. But he declined. He didn't want no part of that. He's a family man now. He's got to chase down deer. That's his life. We then jump to eight. I almost said nineteen ninety nine. Eighteen ninety nine. Episode and we five. meet Arsene Lupin, who also recruits a handsome, strapping young lad named Eric, who is the Phantom of the Opera, and they are going to steal a diamond from Phineas and Ferb in <laughs> the Fog Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> so why did he get the? I did not understand his involvement in this at all. The Phantom? Yeah. Because Lupin just needed... He needed an extra man. I get that. I, I think it was he needed another skilled thief to help him, and they wanted to bring another, like, literature character yeah, in, no, so they're no, like, no, no, yeah. you son of a bitch, I'm in <laughs> yeah. for the plot. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just... it just This was the kind of the beginning of the full-on... Like dumpster diving through old monster lore, 
to just bring everyone on board. Yeah, it's the most I, ambitious crossover. Uh, yeah, the Batman <laughs> crossover with Alfred. I did not expect it. And um, <laughs> I didn't understand his bit. He did one thing later, like, that was supernatural and unique to him. He's the sound other, other than Other than him, he seemed very strong otherwise, because that, mm-hmm. that he, like, brought that box up or whatever. Um, but he added very little, which was a shame. But Lupin was interesting enough. Oh, I loved Lupin. And I thought he was going to be a werewolf because his name was Lupin, and every character ever named Lupin is always a fucking werewolf. Not this guy. Nope. I just did, wanted I, the werewolf diamond. He's not actually yeah, a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I chalked it up as less than like Lupin being a werewolf guy. I was like, oh, this is Lupin the third. It's France. He's a thief. Mm. I'm in. Yeah, Our and one, then, it, we're not in France, but he and is I don't French. even remember like he's like, yes, you're gonna come with me on a heist, and the and Phantom's like, hmm. The, I think he was trying to blackmail him into doing it. Or something, I it, it, it lost me. He, you know, I opt, the Phantom of the Opera's just like, yeah, I'm in. All right, yeah, fine, <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, they want to steal a diamond called the Penultimate Knight, which oh. is like this, like, oh, go ahead. And then, oh yeah, before before they all left the Vampire Estate, that's when the, <laughs> oh yes, I was supposed to strike you. Oh yeah, the yeah, swing. Yeah. Can't forget that. That's important the for the plot. Suitcase hits. But basically, they're going to try and steal this diamond from... Uh, the guy's actual name is Phileas Fogg. I just think it's a very silly name. I don't know if he's a literature person or not. That name doesn't sound familiar to me, personally. I don't... Does Is that ringing a bell with you guys? No, but... Or is I, it just a dude? Um... I don't... Th- I don't know. He's the protagonist from Around the World in 80 Days. Oh, what? Re- okay. Oh, that's a, that's a pool. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, dumpster diving. I, I just assume <laughs> every character in this is from literature. Most of it that has entered the like free use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he has this diamond. It's this super rare black diamond that's in a super rare silver chest box, whatever thing. When we find like, out it's from a like group of dwarves who were wiped out by werewolves. Yeah. Who played this silver yeah. silver lockbox? It's like a mix of adamantium and dwarven mithril. But he even says he's that type of like old timey thief where he wants you to know he's coming. It's a spectacle for him. Like now, bank robbers are like wearing like gas or ski masks and shit. And in the old days, they'd, like, dress up and, like, announce their name mm-hmm. and, like, put it in the papers and they want you to see their face and shit like that. That's how Lupin is. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I want to be infamous. I want people to know my fucking name and that when the Mona Lisa goes missing, they know it's in my pant leg or some shit. Like, he's that type. So he says specifically, yo, get all your best people. Be out here between 11 and 11.30 because I'm about to steal your shit. So, sorry about it. And basically, once the police get wind of this, because it's even in the papers, they get a bunch of extra security. Sherlock Mm -hmm. Holmes and Dr. Watson show up, and they're going to fucking help out too. And wouldn't you know it, the infamous cage user, Sugaru Shinuchi, 
is on the case as well. And they're basically all going to try and stop Lupin from stealing this shit. Yeah. But it is, I don't, okay. We're not doing episode to episode breakdown, whatever. We're doing arcs at this point. Yeah. Try to mention the episode sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. The banquet is also interested in this diamond because supposedly old school dwarf lore is that this can locate werewolves and locate the werewolf village. Which um, I don't like that that much. That feels kind of... Because it wasn't like some great werewolf metropolis. It was like 17 huts <laughs> at the bottom of a valley. That I mean, like we don't, we don't know that at this time. Right, 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 right. But like, <laughs> I felt like, oh my God, there's going to be this like hidden underground city. Like, it, it felt like some bullshit from... Um, the, the the Star Wars sequels were like this dagger. If you hold it up, look just right, and you squint real good, um, you go here to find the lore. Also, Bullshit. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but when they do the reveal and they're like, the werewolves are in the forest of fangs. I'm like, really, really? <laughs> you know what? I said the same thing that came and I was like, no way. The werewolves are in the forest of fangs. I thought they would be in Bainton. Yeah, you know that some werewolf was like at the top of that mountain and then like looked down one morning and was like, dude, this place is tight as fuck. Let's, <laughs> let's live here. Like, that looks like a mouth. Oh, this is my shit. I yeah, yeah, yeah. In. They'll never find us here. <laughs> We're I have to hiding in the, plain sight. I feel in the most <laughs> on the nose place possible. Yeah, yeah. Where are the werewolves located? Doggy Town, you say? I would have never guessed. <laughs> but, but then this is when we also we get uh, the Royce Company uh, introduction. Because the Royce Company, I guess, insures the diamond. Or maybe the house or a little bit of everything. I don't know. Maybe he schedules it. I can't tell. Um, I think they're just insurance from monster-related shit. Was yeah. it the, the specifics of how the insurance worked <laughs> was not given much. So no. it was just like, here's a reason for two more strong dudes to be. Here. Yeah. You I know, mean, that's honestly, most insurance they, companies. They do not want you to know how your policy works. That's fair. No, they don't. And um, <laughs> they could have just like made them like v- Vatican monster hunters or something. And they would have been the exact same characters. I don't know, man. I think capitalists are scarier. Capitalism's pretty scary, but this was this was early 1900s Vatican Church. They are the capitalists. You know how much real estate they own? I mean, they still are. What? That, and that's what I'm saying. Like it's yeah. <laughs> it's just a real estate scheme. They were definitely way more powerful around 1900 than they are now. Oh, oh sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like that's one and the same. It's it's mm-hmm. just a business at this point. It, but and I they, think from a lore standpoint, that would have been easier. So I was kind of surprised they went with the whole insurance angle. Yeah. Like that felt like a strange thing to force in, but then give like no real explanation as to why. Yeah, like no no insurance company is gonna be like, oh, there's this like thing that's causing a bunch of claims. Well, let's just take out the thing that's causing the claims. No insurance company's oh, no. gonna do I that. Think spaced Andy when they had the zombies episode, <laughs> they were killing them all off to make well, sure they didn't claim their life insurance. That makes a little more sense because I think they were getting desperate. <laughs> but like, no, I don't know of an insurance company that is 
proactive in this way. They're just like, oh, there's more claims, raise the rate. That's Bro, it. Bro, I don't know of an insurance company that wants to help you. No. Yeah. We're not going to help you protect your shit. We're just going to either charge more or just say you're uninsurable. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, it was an act of God. You had a, no, you, a man hit me with a car. Yes, and God created that man. So, unfortunately, here we are. this happened on a Wednesday on a leap year. Says here that it's under your exclusions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, fuck me, I guess. Well, um, thanks. But the but the Royce characters, what a letdown because they they show up and they're very interesting, like mm-hmm. the uh, uh, double darts Fatima or Fatima double darts is they have funny names but they they established <laughs> that they have funny names, yeah is an interesting like design she's got this like multi tier colored thing she's got double crossbows that's tight and, and then, they're like strapped to her wrist crossbows too like yeah yeah she was like really these- cool. These characters could have been awesome, and they could have been reoccurring, and I don't know why they just off them like candy. <laughs> or they're just like, mm, they're gone. They're not interesting anymore. No one cares. Uh, I yeah, guess. And, and Lupin talks them up so much, saying, yeah. like, the number six dude was chasing me, and I barely got away. And then five and seven show up, and they're apparently stronger the higher you go up, and they both just get offed immediately. Worked, yeah. Yeah. Also, Fatima, immediately when I saw her, I was like, somebody played Fire Emblem. This is Perry. I know neither of you guys have played. I don't know if you've either of you have played Fire Emblem, but Perry's a like short little girl character with these like kind of wild fucking pigtail, like spiky anime protagonist hair, except she's got a little bit of like Harley Quinn hair where it's like pink and blue. But this, that is who Fatima reminded me of instantly. She she also reminded me a little bit of uh, Suleta from Witch from Mercury. Mm. I can see that for sure. Because she she chose violence too for most things, right? Perry or Suleta? Suleta. <laughs> no, I, I um, no, I don't know much Perry. I I played the old GBA or no Game Boy Advanced. Yeah, yeah, Game Boy Advanced. Uh, Since this is not the Witch from Mercury episode, I don't want to say much. Okay, yeah, fair. I, I, yeah, I just seen her be violent most of the time. Especially since that shit ended not long ago. Fair, 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 fair. Um, So, yeah, what a shame. The Royce thing, they were just a wild card that would show up and just Mm -hmm. fuck your plan up. Yeah, and all the the four they've introduced so far, I think three of the four of them all had really cool designs and were really interesting and eccentric. Um, I'm forgetting the name of, I think it was number four. She was kind of lame. but Alice Rapid Shot? Yeah, wasn't a big fan of her. The cowboy. I I respected that when she got knocked off the the side of the mountain, she 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 just started shooting. She just started blasting. And you know what? I respect that. that. (laughs) Of the four, she was my least favorite, but I liked uh, Fatima. uh, Who was what was the super the like super uptight, clean dude? Uh, Germaphobe guy. I don't mm, remember his. I don't remember his name. But he was my least interesting. Okay, I thought he was at least. He was different I, I enough well that enough. he added added a vibe. He wasn't like amazing or anything. And then the chains user was super badass. Kyle, what? Kyle, oh, Kyle Chaintail. Yeah, yeah. Kyle drank, was I will badass. Say, he drank a lot of monster. I have I have a big problem with Kyle. I love that character. I love that character design. I would fucking kill to voice him in an English dub. That would be sick. 
However, stop making black <laughs> characters whose power comes from using chains. Chains, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate that shit. Give a motherfucker a sword, let him use a hammer, I don't know, a yo-yo even. If you want him to swing shit around, do a yo-yo. Does it have to be chains? What, what's, why do we always do this symbolism? I, I, that's my only gripe with Kyle. And it's from like that weird stereotyping thing that I hate for a character trope. But otherwise, Kyle was fucking sick. We'll get to Kyle later. I, I will say, second thing, I hate Kyle? Why? I, they, who? Monster what? Energy wasn't invented at this point, so Kyle was fine back then. I guess, but I don't know that I've ever ran into a motherfucker named Kyle that it, like struck fear into my heart. Like, no. Oh, shit, that's Kyle. Look out. Like, yeah, a few no. of the characters that were not based on lore had some very strange names. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, either way. I agree with you guys that the Royce group could have been better utilized and a little more actualized as well. Because like you said, they are kind of used as cannon fodder a bit where, yes, they're here and it seems like they should be badass, but they're not. Yeah. Like they have badass moments, but it's just like very thin moments. Yeah. They definitely should have only murked like two of them, not all four. Yeah. Agreed. Like you, because you want to show off that banquet is really badass. So then, Merc either five or seven. Caitlin just held up a sign at the back of my booth that just says "Kyle Chaintail deserved better." Oh, <laughs> dude, they did. So his fight, his fight at the episode or the last episode. So they're doing the thing, which I, I'm a sucker for. It's like, oh shit. They're playing the intro song, but they're not doing the visuals. Oh, fuck. It's about yeah. to pop off. <laughs> we ain't got time for no intro. We're playing this the music. And he dies before the song's over. Yeah. But we'll get there. So, either way, basically, at this point, the Royce group, Sherlock, uh, Inspector Gerard, Gerard, something like that. I don't Gadget. fucking remember his name. Uh Ganimard? Gan what? Ganimard? Ganon Ganondorf. Inspector, Inspector Ganymede and uh, our trio is going to defend the Fog Mansion in this super duper sub basement that was built by the church for reasons unknown that they say that has this wild and wacky vault in it. So just did some quick Googling. Uh, so Lupin is actually the grandfather of Lupin the Third. Fuck yeah! Uh, what? And so, uh, and Ganimard was the inspector who was trying to stop uh, Arsene Lupin, like in the original story. Shit! Yes. <laughs> that dumpster diving coming up fruitful. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I like all the a lot of the literature characters they're bringing in, but for one, you had to know all the references because I did not know Fog. I I. Figured Lupin was a literature character, but I did not know it at all. Mm -hmm. So it, it seemed like they were trying to introduce too many too quickly, for sure, as well. Yeah. Especially this one. Like, this felt like it should have been a meetup arc further down the line where it's like, all right, we've met Sherlock, we've met some other people. 
now we got to get the gang all together for this really big sure issue caper yeah. yeah yeah and i was excited for the idea of this back and forth like two teams kind of working towards similar goals rivalry yeah and it just happens for one arc maybe they do I, it later I when like they go back the to enemy London. of my enemy trope i really do yeah, and they had fun with it, and then they're like, oh, beat ya, or I figured out the twist, I put my head in the box the whole time, or whatever the fuck. You know, that was fun, uh, and I wish we just had more of, like, the strengths of this show were the investigations, the adding in historical, fec- fictional, or, or, or real-life people into the plot, and then having this, mm-hmm. like, back-and-forth cat-and-mouse story with, like, Sherlock and his gang, and Aya and her gang... And uh, that was fun. They should have just done more of that. A lot more of that. I will say, I did like the vampire arc. This was probably my favorite arc. Weirdly. And I think for me, it was also because it was very reminiscent of, and I know you're going to eviscerate me for this, Dan, for the pre-Greed Island arc from Hunter Hunter, where they're doing the auction. And the Phantom Troop is, like, murking up the city, trying to get... Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The York New yeah. arc was one of the better arcs in general. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite I think, fucking arc. I and, think that's genuinely agreed upon. Fairly, fairly, like, as a consensus that that was the most fun arc. Oh, no. Yeah. Hands down for me. But this reminded me of that. To me, this had very similar vibes where it's, like, underground organizations trying to cop some shit. We got people that are trying to stop it. The underground organizations are, and like the criminals, are for the most part better than the good guys. And I like that. Like, I like it when the yeah. criminals are very, very competent. If 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 their crew didn't have Suguru, I would agree with you on that, having the same vibe. Because one of the things that was special about the York New Arc was all the players were so much more stronger than our main characters, the people that we're rooting mm-hmm. for. And they're just trying to survive and squeak by, maybe win a little bit. Suguru can, other than other than Jack the Ripper, he could solo everybody. And so that pulls a lot of the threat down. Physical prowess, yes. I'll give you that. Smarts, wits, clever, planning, tactical? No. Oh, sure, sure, sure. And that's yeah. that would have been more interesting. If Suguru wasn't all-powerful... And only Aya's and, like, t- the crew's, like, wits were able to get them out of this case where there's a bunch of behemoths fucking going around murking everybody. Yeah. yeah. So the way that this proceeds, though, is so they get to the chamber. It's between <laughs> 11. It's going to be 11, 1130. They're like, all right, we've sealed ourselves in here. There's no way they can get in. So they just blow up the goddamn moat and have the water rush into the room and yeah. basically flood it. Because also, we have a moment here too. They get into the vault. Lupin kind of lets Sherlock know, like, yo, bitch, I can pick any lock. A lock isn't gonna keep me mm-hmm. out. Planet so Sherlock's method is to shoot the lock to jam it full of bullets. But Brody does it from like 50 yards away oh, no. with a revolver. Pinpoint. Single sh- pristine. And it's kind of like, are you an X-Man? Because holy shit. <laughs> and, and he, and he, du- he double taps each yeah. of the three locks. He yeah. de- like from dead range. shot over here. <laughs> One-handed, too. Yeah. Like, he's not bracing with two hands. 
that man is a sick yeah. shot. S- settle down, Gambit. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we should have gotten more of that. <laughs> like, dead shot motherfucker over here. Dead shot Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Basically, Jack the, the Ripper is the Joker, and Deadshot is Sherlock. Give me that, bro. That would that would clear. But him shooting that lock, I cannot gloss over that because that was a wild, crazy fucking moment for me. And they just treat it so casually. They're oh, like, also Sherlock, why did you do that? So yeah, prior to this, Lupin infiltrated Sherlock's camp, and you know showed that he could do face mask stuff. And he planted a couple seeds on, you know, giving him Sherlock clues that were red herrings, right? Yeah. Like, I can pick any lock. I can do disguises, but my disguises suck. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, they're not, they weren't bad, but they weren't as they complex were, they as they had, could really be. Yeah. Yeah. And then, He made them underestimate how good he was. Exactly. So that was fun. I enjoyed that. And, mm-hmm. but also during this bit, Aya got swapped out for a uh, parrot cage. <laughs> and so, uh, some two twin hooligans from earlier in the episode who aren't important. Yeah, the Weasley twins. Because uh, 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 are driving down the road. They get away for whatever reason. And um, I, the guy who has the birdcage, opens it up and sees a disembodied, you know, a head. And is so shocked, he just throws it across the the street. And this, and this was... I, I know some of the other violent shit happened, but they they were just like, hey, this is a oh, rated yeah. R-17. Let's <laughs> remind them. So <laughs> these guys come barreling down the street in their in their vehicle and just... Jalopy. And then they run over Aya's head, and there's so much blood. <laughs> they split it. They split the head in two. And then she's just so casual about it. She's like, ah, you ran me over. <laughs> I've got a splitting headache. <laughs> so so that was a little bit that, that happened that was kind of shocking because just like, holy shit, I forgot. This I, shit's intense. I think it's they do I think that's the purpose of it. It's like a we set this thing up and just to let you know, just a quick reminder of what's going down, you need to fucking remember. <laughs> and she's like when they very later immortal. on do the like make out scene, it's like, I know y'all forgot about that kissing thing. Be reminded. <laughs> you must remember. But yeah, so water is caving into the chamber that Sherlock gun locked themselves into. And they're like, oh shit, what the fuck do we do? This is going to fill up. Well, Brightside, they can't get the box if the chamber is flooded with water. So, hey, we're kind kind of worked out. Meanwhile, the banquet shows up upstairs, and they're murking shit up, too. Yeah, they crash the front gates. Yeah. And, I mean, they're killing... Because I think they, up the, they, they blew up the bridge first. Is that, what, like, the first thing that popped off, and then they showed up, and they just started killing all the guards? Yeah. Because they, they, I think they said something about, like, they had over 100 guards there. Yeah, they, like they specified, like, 111 security. people were all going to be in this mansion or something very specific. Mm-hmm. And the 112th was showing up the next day or something. Yeah. And, I mean, they're when I say they're killing people, we're seeing them murk people. Like, Carmilla's ripping people in half and just drinking blood out of limbs. Oh Alistair Crowley is just, like, jazz snapping his <laughs> way 
Scatman down the hallway, like catching people on fire and shit. So Carmilla, the way they animated her in the first couple scenes, they give her the biggest behind I've ever seen in anime. And they emphasize it. Good God. Uh, Nick. Uh, Also, I don't know about (laughs) Don't look at me like that. (laughs) We just watched Dragon Maid. Yeah, and but they th- do that a was lot big of ass shots. Th- but that no, was, they do. I know, but they didn't had nothing on Carmilla. <laughs> that was um, a dump truck. I expect to see that every Thursday. Pick it up by trash, okay? <laughs> uh, I will just say, wait for a hundred girlfriends. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh god! I, I don't. I'd rather not wait for it. I'd rather it just not happen. <laughs> no, Marcus is married, Nick. Um. <laughs> So they get, uh, they eventually, they get out of the filling up water chamber and the silver box is gone. Shock. Mm-hmm. Aw. And so. they're trying to suss it out and Sherlock's like, well, <laughs> did y'all forget? I'm Sherlock. And yeah. does this Sherlocky bullshit. And in front of a fireplace. And yeah, they're just hanging in out the in the lounge. fireplace. Yeah, yeah, just having a nice time. And... Reveals that the Ganymede, Ganymard, Galliard <laughs> guy, yeah, was was Lupin the whole time. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're walk your steps too light for a man of your size. You must be wearing a fat suit. <laughs> you yeah. don't walk like a fat man. <laughs> so I knew it wasn't you. Yeah, you skinny piece of shit, string bean motherfucker. Man. I don't know about that. That that that's why I call it Sherlock <laughs> bullshit. Like it's one thing if they're like, no, I heard so and so walked with a limp, and you have a light step or something like that. Yeah. Something that was a little more sensible. Then I feel this way about a lot of Sherlock media. There's just a lot of bullshit. Like a, oh, I deduced this. Like, no, the fuck you didn't. That's a plot device. <laughs> like you were just written. I that counted way. the threads in your shirt, and there's three more threads than the shirt from that company. So I know that this was all. Fake from the beginning. They only sold that tie between the years of 1897 and no, 1899. No, That's just good police. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's just good police. <laughs> That's two that double reference. <laughs> we did it. Um, yeah, and so yeah. Lupin is like, oh, well, shit, I'm caught. But I got, I got a piece out. I got what I came for. We find that he like str- like tied up the box when it was filling with water, and Eric Phantom of the Opera was outside like hoisting it up like through the uh, through the like vent. Well, the, the grates well, the blew out from the water. Blew, blew out from the yeah. water. Yeah, but that vent was still like a pretty steep vent to get shit out of. So he pulled hoisted it out of there. So they're like, oh shit, we got it, baby. We won. They open the box, and I is like, surprise, bitch, I've been in here the whole time. <laughs> I didn't expect that. So she's yeah, just I in there either. suffocating and, like, die- I don't know if she needs to breathe. But in my head, she was just in this box suffocating and dying and re well, well, no, the door was just over. open on it. She said I was oh, keeping yeah, it closed with my mouth. Closed. I was yeah. holding the door closed. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, talk about tenacious. Wow. Oh, man. So, yeah, that was a little twist that I, I did not see coming. Yep. Yeah, you, and I enjoyed. You could quite tell the cage users were like planning for like shit going wrong, but that mm-hmm. was not the twist I was expecting of her head literally being in the safe. Yeah, but yeah, so it's like basically at this point, 
uh, Lupin is just kind of like, okay, well, I've got to fucking go. Like, this isn't going to work. You caught me. I'm not go. I can't go back. I did my time. And so then we kind of get the hijinks of, like, where we do start to get into, like, a little bit of a battle situation. Mostly between Royce, between Lupin, between Banquet Folk, between the Cage group. And this is also another point where uh, white-haired Royce guy, germaphobe guy, I do not remember his name, overhaul knockoff, whatever you want to call him. Basically, he's like, I'm coming for that diamond. I need that shit because we want it to find werewolves to fucking kill them all. And Suguru doesn't want that. Lupin doesn't want that just because he kind of wants the diamond. And so they're like, hey, let's team up to deal with this Royce motherfucker. And they're like, yeah, all right. And then they do the most Looney Tunes shit <laughs> I have ever seen in my life where they're like, well, how do we dispatch this guy? Let's drop a piano on him. Yeah. And it, <laughs> that was and fun, it though. Works. <laughs> yeah. Knocked his ass out. But they're like, there's no way we're going to be able to. He, he's going to live through that. Like, he's not getting murked by that. And this kind of harkens back to what you said of. These are just regular people. How the fuck are they taking hits like this? I find, and I think this is because I come from a comic book background, I can very easily hand wave some of this stuff. Where it's like, oh, yes, Spider-Man got hit by this god killer. He's fine. Yeah, okay, he's Spider-Man. Wolverine got hit by this thing and thrown across the fucking galaxy. That's fine. He's Wolverine. Some Gambit gets hit. Gambit has no strength powers or regeneration or anything like that, but he can just tank the same hit. Mm. It doesn't canonically make sense. Or like the Flash can just take the same hit that Superman can take. No, he fucking can't. What's Batman doing here? How is he going to take a hit from Darkseid? But he does. And we're just kind of supposed to hand wave it in that it's just how the plot moves along. So I think that helped me with the Royce group and how they're taking some of these hits because I've just, I'm desensitized to that kind of thing of like regular humans yeah, being murdered by something. Yeah, but if regular humans can go toe to toe and take the hits that, like it, it makes the monsters seem less monstrous, if that makes sense. No, I get you completely. I get you completely, but I think I'm just saying. I think for me, coming from comic books, it's easier yeah. to hand wave. So until you said it, and actually until Caitlin said it, because she watched the whole thing with me too, I, it didn't cross my mind until someone else brought it to my attention. Because from the media I'm used to ingesting, that's kind of normal. So it wasn't a gripe for me. But also at this point. A bunch of these fights are interrupted by Jack, red hair guy. He's got like a red line going down the left side of his or the right side of his face, while Suguru has the blue line going down the left side of his face. And so we're kind of like, oh, they're kind of the same thing here. Yeah. It's some Tron vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff <Shut up>. Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a, oh, he's half Oni too. They're going toe-to-toe, and, like, they can tank each other's hits just fine, but it does, like, leave a little bit of a bruise, and they don't heal quickly. 
kind of thing. So they realize they're kind of the same thing. And we get a little bit of lore exposition dump here where Jack is like, yeah, we experimented on all these people, but they ain't make it. Where did you come from? Like, and and we made sure to murk all the ones who did after our testing yeah. was done. Oh wait, they're like, one oh, but did escape. One one did escape. You managed to fucking mm. live, huh? <laughs> and it also just looks like a grown man grown man backflipping over a toy <laughs> yeah. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't know what they were doing for that. Uh, um, and then also, so like the um. The magician, like we find out the the because the magician has to fight Sherlock and uh, Watson. Yeah, and they're finding out that he just has fingers that can move two times faster than the normal human, and, <laughs> and he just snaps darts at people. Yeah, he just snaps darts at people that have they're various really things. darts. They're needles. They're just needles. <laughs> some have poison. The and some have apparently half a gallon of gasoline stored on their <laughs> surface. I guess whatever. Yeah, considering he's just a dude. And doesn't have any magic powers. It is a very strange vibe from him. I loved him. <laughs> so I loved that later on when it's like, oh, Sherlock's kind of like figuring his shit out. And, you know, he's like, well, I figured out your shit. And then I guess Aya shows up at some point. And then he kind of stops and he just has a conversation with them. And this happens again with another one of the character in Banquet. Like, I like that Banquet does not seem to be a monolith in the fact like they're all on the same page. They all have the exact same goals and like thoughts and feelings and stuff like that. He's just mm-hmm. and then the the magician dude's just like, yo, I was sent up here to be a distraction. If we're just having a chat and y'all are still hanging out in the room, I'm still doing my <laughs> it's job. Working. Yeah. I and did what I, I don't to do. like my boss that much, so I'll talk to you about him. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Well, yeah, because later there's almost a camaraderie between uh, Sigaru and uh, Victor. Yeah. Victor, yeah. Which, I wish we had more episodes. Um, but <laughs> that was, like, I guess the magician was a little teaser that Banquet wasn't all, like, they're not all Nazis or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, they're not all, like, super stoic and tight-knit yeah. kind of. Yeah, it seems almost like a like a relationship of convenience for all of them. Like they're all getting mm-hmm. something out of it, but yeah. they're, they're not necessarily like fervent followers of a cult or something. Yeah. And that's yeah. interesting. And that was a very interesting part of the, the plot, which I hope that they do more with if they do, do adapt more. Um, Cause that's, you know, like I said, it's, it's refreshing where it's, it's not like here's an organization, every single member, you can expect them to behave the exact same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're all stormtroopers. They all have the same ideals and same like ideologies that they're locked into, and they can't be swayed in any way. And it wasn't that, so I, I did appreciate mm-hmm. that quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, but up to episode eight, um, or I guess we were we were already doing some of the eight because Jack shows up. <laughs> Arcs, baby. Yeah, Arcs. Jack. <laughs> he so they kind of explain his powers, but how did he split? Um, double darts, Fatima. So bad. Whenever because he did the thing, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like, is this the what's his name from Doro Hidoro who could just split people up oh, with their yeah. magic? And I'm like, that's what it felt like. And then he never does it again. And they they like he doesn't clip his fingernails. <laughs> that's what I, so I guess is what happened <laughs> because 
they like started rattling off some of the other like monsters that they've been trying to blend together with them, and I'm like, mm-hmm. what fucking monster did that? None of none of them. I think that was supposed to be his Jack the Ripper thing. Yeah, is what I got from it. It didn't really make any sense, but it's just I, like the Jack the Ripper thing was pretty weak. Like <laughs> he's like, oh Sherlock, I did the perfect murder back then. <laughs> oh, back in Whitechapel, and well, Sherlock's like, oh fuck, yeah. And then it's like, we'll never talk about this again, and I won't be relevant. I'm just named Jack. <laughs> I could be a pirate for all we know, and it meant nothing. Um, but great. Yeah, that that part felt a little bit too much. Like, all right, we need to pull another character yeah, from no. history and stuff it here. I was on board, and then this is when I was getting the dumpster diving for just drawing at whatever we can find that would kind of fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think Jack should have been a a totally different character. That or as I said before, they just didn't need to introduce all these characters in the same goddamn arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, I think we're being a little harsh on that. Because if you don't know the references, they're just dudes. But, like, since we know the references, it seems like a like a pulling from the bottom of the barrel thing. But if I just went into this shonen with no prior knowledge of any of these fucking people, I'd be like, oh, this Aleister Crowley guy is cool. This Jack the Ripper guy, yeah, he ripped the lady in half. That's cool. I mean... Maybe Japanese audiences don't know these references, but Western audiences almost certainly know at least half of them, if not most of them. I would yeah. say it depends on age. Man, I would say th- I- I'll give you that. Some, some, like I know this is like my old man shit, but like I'll see, <laughs> I'll see like TikToks or YouTube videos, and it's like, man, Gen Z really don't don't really know, like they have their own lore about that that they grew up with, but like it feels yeah. like. <laughs> Millennials still had some of the old classic bullshit still ingrained in our heads. Well, because we're the last pre-internet generation. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, part of that is too is just there's only so much shit you can absorb by the time you're 18. Yeah, like I've had almost twice as much time to absorb shit as an 18 year old has. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. But yeah, um, also, they did this thing, uh, they tried to do this, like, forced perspective uh, field of view blur every now and then that they botched fucking hard on a couple scenes <laughs> where one character is, like, looking, and it felt and it felt like they just put one of the shitty TikTok filters over him, and it was fucking up a little bit. Because <laughs> like your just phone be, is in portrait mode, yeah, but it can't focus Because it was right. like, <laughs> it would be, like, the left side of the screen, they would be, like, looking at you. And then the left side of the screen was fine. Down the middle was a blurry part. And then someone was standing behind them, but also in perfect focus. So there was just this weird blur. And they did it like three or four times, kind of starting with episode nine. And it was very distracting. Um, and then, like, again, this um, fam- this werewolf arc really, I, like I said, the cracks started showing more. And then I think maybe I was looking for them. You know where you kind of get on that mm-hmm. spiral at that point. Um, well, so before we get into that, at the mm-hmm. end of this, basically, oh, Subaru yeah, sorry, and sorry. Jack have their fight. They kind of like Jack does a thing that I don't like from a lot of media, where he's like, "I'm not even gonna kill you because it's not worth my time." So dumb. Just kill him. Just kill him. 
Yeah, you've already murked like, like two or three other people. You obviously do not give a shit about killing. Why are you leaving? What do you mean alive? it's not worth your time? Just fucking kill him. It would take you five seconds, or at I, least I, do it. at least say like, hmm, like you, you've got some, you got some talent. Like I'm gonna like plant this seed in you to fester and make this another fight later down the road because it's fun. Yeah, like a Palpatine thing. Yeah. Like I'm gonna just try and turn you to my side, even. Yeah, or s- some reason, or, but not just. Or huh. just su- uh, Suguru is just dangerous enough where it's like. I probably will kill you, but I might lose, so I'm not going to risk it. I've got what yeah, I came like, for. I got to be out. Like um, I already got the thing I need. But not just you're you're not worth my time. Bullshit. Yeah. Boring. Or, or Suguru pulls some magic bullshit out of his ass to escape or something. Like give us something besides yeah. that old cliche. Yeah, I I hate that trope. But basically, Jack gets back to banquet and oh, they were called blanket for a while. <laughs> And so he gets uh, back to banquet, and they're like, hey, you got the shit? And he's like, yeah, I got that shit. And he reaches in his pocket, and there's a hole in it. And back at good people land, and they're like, damn, it sucks that we lost, and we came up empty-handed. And Suguro's like, no, we didn't, bitch. I'm an Edo boy through and through. I be stealing shit. I got the diamond. And they're like, woohoo, let's move on to the next arc now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, so then... And we've done France, we've done England. Obviously got to be Germany next. Obviously. And there's a Dr. Heinemann. Yep. And I laughed my ass off because also I just finished Pluto and there was a Dr. Tenma. And I was like, Do th- are there only three doctors yep. in the world? Yep. Like, are there only three names to draw on? It's just Heinemann, Tenma, House. That's it. Those are the only three. Yep. But so we get to... Episode 9, and we get a uh, not a f- kind of a flashback where it starts off, and there's a bunch of people like your classic pitchfork torches mob chasing down a werewolf and a little white girl. And the werewolf <laughs> and the little white girl are running through the woods, <laughs> and little white girl's like, Mom, you look out, there's a cliff. And werewolf's like, Oh shit, thanks for seeing that human girl with normal eyes. My wolf eyes didn't see that. There's a windmill tower. Let's get in that. Surely these people with fire can't hurt us here. Yeah, I saw them burning that thing down from a mile away. Like, Immediately. Right, right. Like as soon as they started, didn't these guys watch the old Frankenstein movie? Like, don't they know? (laughs) Yeah, as soon as they started pushing shit against the door, I'm like, and they're just gonna burn it down now. Yeah, like that's you're you're cooked. Literally, you're done. Your goose is cooked. But so, to all of our surprise, that's exactly what the villagers do. They burn that shit down. I will say, they threw something in here early that I liked. And laid the foundation for much later, where it shows like a little fox inside the windmill too, which was also real sad because we see the fox like accept its death way too quickly, yeah. and like it curl up and it kind of whimpers, and everybody get burned up. Well, yep. and then but we see the Everyone little girl does. like curl inside the uh, her mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So. We're led to believe that they both died. They went up in flames in the tower. Mm-hmm. I just knowing what was coming. I didn't 
think the little girl died. Like I thought they telegraphed oh, no. it that she didn't. No. <laughs> nope. You knew she was alive right out the gate. Yeah, yeah. Something was up. They wouldn't both or either or one of them is still alive. Again, this was the weakest part of the show. I will heavily agree with that. And that this falls off pretty hard. It also, to me, kind of seemed like a different writer for all of this. Like, that's what was surprising to me. Like, this just didn't seem to fit. Yeah, these episodes fell off for me. And some of the shit and the the explanations for, like, the when certain things happen in certain time frames was very confusing. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, like Louise... Uh, throwing the flowers at Jute, at Jute. Um, and uh, like that, I was confused for a while on like when that happened because like so and so was somebody was gone at one point and then somebody got kidnapped. Like when did all these things happen? And okay. I, I even like rewound it. And I just struggled. I know, I know, I know. At the end of the arc, they have to spend twelve minutes or so just explaining the sequence of events that yeah. happened because I was lost. I had like so, bits and pieces, but some were f- seemingly contradicting. In a similar fashion, I, like the show, am going to speed run the problem here. <laughs> a lady shows up to this village that's a very isolated village. Nobody knows who she is. People are wary of outsiders, but the blacksmith or engineer or whatever the fuck he is. Takes her in. Oh, turns out she was pregnant the whole time. Boop, she has a little bitty baby. They kind of live isolated on their own. One day it's exposed that the little bitty baby and she's like four years old now. And the mom are werewolves. Oh, shit. Now we go to where we got the flashback of they're chasing the little white girl and the werewolf through the forest. They burn the little white girl and the werewolf in the tower. But now, all of a sudden, every four months, on a rainy night, a little girl goes missing. Then a couple days later, we find out she got murked, and she's in the woods, and she got fucked up. And there's bite marks everywhere, and there's paw prints on everything, and nobody knows who did it, and everybody's kind of wary about the outsiders. But there's also rumors of this wolf village in the Forest of Fangs. But nobody knows how to get there for some reason. They know it's down the waterfall, but they don't know how to get there. Yeah, just walk. I don't, but <laughs> like, yeah, because the crew shows up and they're like, oh, uh, that's an annoying ass four hour walk, but we can do it. Yeah. But so yeah. they're now trying to solve this. The most recent case of this little girl missing named Louise. She's wheelchair bound. And so it's kind of like, a, oh, she didn't get up and just run away on her own. Mm. Someone took her from her room. We also see there's a big old blood splatter on the bed. We see that the window is busted out. We see paw prints going from tiny paw prints to big paw prints. There's a bite mark out of a book because I hate literature too. I don't know. Rabid wolf man attacking. Yeah, they're berserk. She was trying to protect herself with the book, and the wolf bit, bit the book. I don't know. Also, someone's name. I give that. Someone's name was C N U T, and every time it came up, I read it wrong I was every like, time. Ah, it's it's my best friend, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I read it wrong every time, every single time. I was like, 
wow, that's what they named that guy? Oh, no, I'm just reading it wrong. They did not name that guy that. Yeah. Canute was the name, but yeah. Canute. Canute. Yeah. And then, yeah, this- which I know that is an actual name. Thanks, Vinland Saga. But yeah. What's up, cunt? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was also this bit where, like, oh, my gun was stolen months ago. Mm-hmm. Or a year ago. Last year. I guess it was last year for them. Um, and But then he's like, there's no werewolf that could shoot a gun. And I said, what? What? Their paws are too big. Yeah, but they, they've established they... that they've got the different forms that yeah. they... And the, like the easiest form to kill is the human form, which could also use the gun. No, no, <laughs> could no. Use the just gun. like vampires like, ah, can't go vampire. into a building without being invited or, for some reason. Or, or shoot guns in a, in a, in a Werewolves in a can't shoot guns. Duh. It's just like a mermaid can't wield an axe. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I thought that was bullshit. <laughs> and just wait till we get that mer- mermaid flashback and he yeah, finds so, out he was an axe murderer. So, you know, was an axe they're, murderer, they're, yeah. they're checking the fucking room and they. Uh, another Shizuku, Shizuka uh, fun bit where Aya asks her to find something that's like a ball the size of her head that they don't mind getting dirty or whatever. And then she just yeah. drops. Uh, they're like Sugar 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 his pillow. His pillow. He's like, oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I got to clean he's that. Like, and she's like, well, they said it's something that I don't care if it gets dirty. And he's like, I care if it gets dirty. So that was, you know, their their fun banter and rivalry is 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 nice. Um, but that was also like the big clue that nobody came down the chimney. Yeah. Because if they came down the chimney, them landing would throw soot all over the room. Yep. Unless they crawled down. All over the room, Dan. Yeah, like all over the room. Why did they just like crawl down? I don't know. Soot. Some bullshit. All over the room, it's, Dan. It's some bullshit. And <laughs> they go talk to like is it the village elder or mayor or something? The, he's the mayor. Yeah, the mayor. And he's like, oh, I know werewolf stuff, but promise me you'll. I'll tell you about it if you solve the meta case. And they're like, she's like, I saw that bitch in two days. In two days. And he's like, well, okay, then let's talk about werewolves. <laughs> and then he does. But the only way to find that is if you had the bullshit gem the dwarves made for this one town. And, she's like, and he's nice, like, this? Bitch, I got that shit. And, he, and then he just goes, why the heck do you have that? <laughs> he just <laughs> yells it out. <laughs> this gem of legend just shows up. It's been so passed the- down in lore, lore for generations. Yeah. Wait, you have it? That's oh, awfully was, convenient. Holy shit. It's like, um, it felt anticlimactic for him, like, as a person who has had this, like, <laughs> mythical gem in his mind forever. It felt kind of like, uh, I thought it was going to be bigger based on the story. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it felt like, um, oh, what was it? Uh, Uncle from Another World and that the girl with the, like, God slaying sword. Oh, Just yeah, kind yeah. of really, like, pulling the sails out of this big mythical weapon <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Or the, the magic wand where it's like obsidian black and it's like, you painted it? You painted it. That was funny. <laughs> I didn't like it. Um, so episode yeah. 10 and we go straight into some cult culty shit, which we, we find out that it's, there's a reason and it kind of makes sense because, you know, if, if there were werewolves around me, I would be wary as well. But, man, they had yeah. these people strapped up to, like, tables and shit and were and torturing testing them. them. Uh, <laughs> testing them. 
I also like that it's like, well, what we did is we strapped him down and banged pots and pans yeah. near your ears. And that's how it was like, I would be uncomfortable too. I'm not a werewolf. I don't want you to bang a fucking pan in my ear. Like, is that your test? It's like the Monty Python. It's like the old shit like, oh, well, we'll throw her in the water with cement attached to her. If she drowns. Then she's a witch. She's a witch. Well, what happens if she drowns? Well, fuck. We didn't. Sorry. Yeah. You're innocent. Congratulations. Yeah. Now go be with the Lord. (laughs) Basically. So, yeah, they test these people for werewolves. That's how they find out they're not a werewolf because they don't react to pots and pans being banged well, in their fucking face. But there's also, also this, I'm leaving that village after that. There's this weird thread with the werewolves about how they're, like, basically they're Aryans trying to be, like, the best bred oh. werewolves that they can fucking be. Uh, yeah. And they have this thread about how they're evolving quickly to get, like, silver resistance and... Maybe they can get resistance to pots and pans banging. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. What, what is your evolutionary trait? I'm not allergic to flowers anymore. Oh, Woo. sick. Nice. I'm the kid's Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then we find out why Louise was viewed as the guardian angel of the village. It's because she... When she was... Um, I guess at this point they haven't revealed. When she uh, went missing in the forest once, mm-hmm. she was approached by, was it Rosa? Nora? No, Rosa. Rosa, Rosa was the one who found her. And, found her and yeah. said, hey, don't hang out next to these flowers because it's a, you know, it's a shock to us werewolves and her ears will pop out. For mm-hmm. some dumb fuck reason. I Just the ears, like... I don't know. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. And um, that's when Louise finds out, oh, they're werewolves. And then Louise, um, we don't know this, but like, there's a reason why she does this, I guess. But she wheels back into town at, at some point because she's found by J- Jute, officially found by Jute. Ute. Yeah. And um, Immediately after, I guess, Louise pitches one of the flowers in her face in, like... It's like a whole bouquet. Yeah, and um, I guess it was, like, at church, but, like, in front of yeah. other people in the town. Everybody. And her little mm-hmm. little ears pop out, and they're like, oh, man, those are cute little ears. Let's burn them. Kill her! And um, so then I wrote... We don't allow horse squirrels in our village. So then I wrote, Louise stood on business, or, well, she sat on business. And Jesus Christ, Dan. <laughs> because yeah. that's savage for like these guys like uh they were like eight at this point or something like that. Well, I think they were younger. The explanation was she knew that she couldn't let word get out that her parents tried to abandon her in the woods. So she like made sure to get Jute and Rosa out of out to make sure that that never got revealed. Yeah, because well, because we well, get this, that, and I think it was really also she wanted to seem like valuable, quote unquote, useful. Yeah, yeah, valuable. Yeah, she's like my parent. Like I am so useless. Well, air quotes. I'm viewed as so so useless. They, they reveal this later by episode like uh, twelve that Luis is like I need to make sure that I'm the rest of the town finds me valuable, not just my parents. And yeah, because then they can't abandon me in the woods again. They can't abandon me in the woods again. And you know what? Those parents lived through the show, and they didn't deserve to, dude. And I was like, these are the worst scummy. Like, I I get like they're in a small town, resources are rough, but like, like 
and oh they my even confess to this. They confess to it, and and the th- town doesn't even shun them or anything. They, they don't, don't care. And it's like, no, y'all need to get the fuck out, or we're bringing out the pitchforks, or pitchforks for you. And the, they had no repercussions for their horrible. Like they were some of the worst people in this show, and they got nothing, dude. Well, and that's also what I thought about with Other than some the, stress. the three outsiders, where it was like the artist, the engineer, and I don't who know who the fuck else the other person, the baker, I don't know. Uh, that, no, like, it was the doctor. Down. It was the doctor. The doctor, yeah. yeah. Got strapped down to these tables and just like tortured and tested her. I'm leaving that village. Yeah, man. Yeah, the, 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 all the villagers. If I move to a new place and you torture me, I'm leaving. Yeah. I, I will probably torture your house. This is one of those villages first, where, but then I'm leaving. Where they're like, yeah, you know, every 30 days we do a ritual. We all dress in white linens and we yeah. all go out into a field, do some drugs, and uh, sacrifice somebody. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because the drugs are good. The bees! And the views That's are picturesque in this small town. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Makes up for all the sacrifices. That was like me going into the movie Midsummer, not knowing it's a horror. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm already unsettled by old world white people. Like, uh, they scare the shit out of man, me. Man, it would have been so fun going to that film not knowing what it was. I knew it was a horror, so I was expecting some stuff. But going in blind would have been nuts. It was awful. I love it. Anyway. Anywho. Um, <laughs> So, at this point, is this when they go talk to the artist, Alma? Alma, they yeah. go talk to the artist, and she draws all these little girls. Sure? Yeah, so so this is when I was really starting to get confused, because she's drawing the, I'm like, okay, you know, I really hope it's not Alma, because the drawings and stuff makes it seem like it's too easy for her to be She's the murderer. obsessive. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm like, ah. But then she says, no, I've been, like, commissioned to do these because the, the kids yeah. are dead. So I'm just, Which does make sense. And that like, makes sense. You don't have, pic- like, cameras, or at least not in a remote village like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably want, like, an oil painting or drawing of your kid. Sure. And that, so, so, so I was like, oh, I was like, I really hope she's not the... The culprit, because it's too obvious, mm-hmm. even with the explanation of the commissions. It could, but she's already in one of the outsiders, and so they they visit her, and then they leave, and then later that night, she's shown. Well, they show the, her silhouette in the room, saying crazy shit, and then a you know a, a hybrid form werewolf busts out who's also blonde whoa Alma's the werewolf and I was this is when I was like fully I don't enjoy this show anymore and I'm now like looking for problems like I'm full full on against this arc at this point and so I was technically wrong for my shift because we find out later it wasn't just Alma but I was already looking for faults at this point because mm-hmm. I didn't like how they handled it. But then, yeah, at the end of the episode, uh, basically, she transforms into this golden wolf, runs off into the woods. We also get Alice Rapid Shot and Kyle Chaintail. They showed up at the very end of the last episode, but this is the first time we really get them doing anything because they show up when all the people show up at Alma's house, and they're there, too, and they're like, yeah, burn that bitch. And she takes off. Alice fires a couple bullets 
at the wolf and they don't seem to do shit. And Kyle has a line of like, yo, girl, ain't those aren't those silver, aren't those silver yeah. bullets? She's like, yeah, they are. And they're like, oh, fuck, they ain't doing shit. Interesting. I also, I did like that whenever the Royce couple did show up, whenever they were talking to, I guess, the doctor, I think, at mm-hmm. this point, the Royce couple show it show up, and they just all look at each other, and they're like, oh, we're throwing hands. And they, 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 they have a, oh, a, yeah! a quick little scuffle, which was fun. But then they just kind of... <laughs> the doctor's even like, what's happening? Yeah. It's like, y'all... Because one of them throws the teacup immediately. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had a shot of him just being like looking at it. Go by. It's like, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> you you bastard. You know how hard it is to get fine china here? Yeah, right? Um, I am four days away so from the next town. So this like, fight scene. So like I said, the Alma shift and leaving, I assumed the worst of the show. And I was like, god damn it. Like they chose the easy mm-hmm. route. Or that was unearned. And I should have thought a little bit further, but I was turned. You know, my my disposition against yeah. the show happened, and the so then this fight scene was dog shit. I was horrible, and they tried to play with the camera a lot, and then also have Alma shift to wolf form or hybrid form, and it was just janky and garbage the whole time, and it pissed me off. I thought a lot of the wolf stuff was. They were cartoony later. Steve, you know how to draw a wolf, right? Like, oh my, yeah, sure. Like I was expecting, uh, like, the, like some of them were like Scooby Doo looking motherfuckers with like big teeth, <laughs> and it just pulled me the fuck out. It yeah. was just uh, quite the shame. Um, and then, all, of they, course, the stupid American shows up with a gun and ruins the fight. Yeah, which is but canon. Yeah, at which this is canon. Point, like, yeah. And there's Suguru and the werewolf fight. Shizuka hops into the fight, too. This part, I laughed my fucking ass off. Because the werewolf was like, I can't take you two out. I can take out a severed head. And just runs over the cage and flings yeah, the Yeah, it cage. just throws it. <laughs> it's so silly. And so then, I gotta say, <clears throat> that's the tactic I'd probably use. Like, I can't beat you. I know you care about her. I'm just going to throw her over the cliff. Like, yeah. use her as... So, I don't know. Just be more deliberate with it and then be like, <laughs> oh, I can you know, take this head and now use it as like a blackmail, like bargaining chip. I've got leverage, yeah. But nope, just yeet! Just gone. And of course, yeah, someone has to sacrifice like, themselves. Jumps over yeah. the water, yeah, to save Aya. Why? She's immortal? I... Yeah, just go okay. collect her at the bottom of the waterfall. Yeah, she's gonna be fine unless the waterfall is an oni. We're good. I I don't know. Um, no, the show never made me believe for a second that Shizuka was dead. Oh yeah. Oh sure. no no no. Oh yeah. No. No. So like but, no no. no it I, may have it may have tried. It did not succeed. If that was the goal, it but did not. <laughs> I don't like the way they they forced it to happen. But them trying to save Aya. Still made sense because Shuzuka was obsessive, right? Yeah. And I, I just think of, I chalk I just it up think, to like an impulse reflex of like a oh shit, my master's in trouble. I gotta help her. Not thinking about the fact that nothing can happen. To well, her. I'm if she's still been your master for a while, though. You'd think at a certain point you'd learn. I don't have to be super uptight about anything. Because she's going to be but fine. But she can still take the damage. Like, just because you're immortal and can come back doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Right? 
I mean, she didn't show any indication of pain when she got fucking I, I split know, in half but by like, a car. So Made in Abyss had an immortal being in I there, knew you were gonna and do it. I've had a lot of existential dread from that. <laughs> Nick, you should watch it. It's happy, fun, cozy times. Um, it is. No, it's not. It's not. it's, it's, it's not. not. The movie was really good, and I don't want to rewatch it. It bothered me. Yeah, and I am not but, easily bothered. But she falls down this yes, fucking sorry. waterfall <laughs> cliff. Next episode, we basically get her waking up in an orgy or something. I don't know. There's naked bitches everywhere. And, and a wolf. And a wolf. So Shizuka got into some weird this, shit last night. Dude, Beauty and the Beast, you know, she was down to dog him before he turned back into a human. <laughs> I'm saying. I'm just telling you. She's like, I'm down if you're down. <laughs> um, I gave you this library that that just erases all of my history of abuse. Whatever. I fucking, I don't want to rant. But. That's a lie. She's in the werewolf village <laughs> now. Wolf in hell. And. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as an American, that is a funny name. Yes. Uh, I know that that's a normal naming convention over there. But basically, it's these three girls, uh, Kaya, Vera, and their leader-ish, Nora, who begins telling them about a problem they're having in their village where every four months, on a rainy night, a young girl goes missing. Turns out she gets blapped in the head with a shotgun. And they're kind of questioning if Shizuka is the killer at first, but Nora's like, no, 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 it's a different gun. Which, for a, a, this insular werewolf community, for a werewolf girl who's 13 to go like, no, nah, that's not, that, ain't, that, that isn't 12-gauge buckshot. These are solid that slugs. Duh. Yeah. Fucking duh. Yeah. We, we have <laughs> rags and live in huts. I know everything about guns. <laughs> Which should yeah, have turns been. Out I'm a to- turns out I'm a total gun nerd, even though I ca- apparently can't shoot a gun because I'm a werewolf. And then, like, why <laughs> didn't anyone else be like, oh, that's weird. Why do you know so fucking much about guns? It's because she's the one doing the well, shooting. But So I guess that was a I clue. Think, I think from their standpoint, they were like, oh, she's the Kinsfuhrer. She knows stuff. Do, do, do they know she's I'm... special? Did the, the, the other two? I don't know if the other two did, but I know Grandma Reggie did. I think the implication is that she's been heavily praised by like the lead priestess, and because they said they were praised every time she would like run and jump around, she just had more yeah. physical ability than the rest of them. Yeah, so she was like she, she's literally built different. She she was special, quote unquote, and apparently it seemed like everyone knew what was going to happen when she turned thirteen and became a priestess. Which, yeah. ick. Um. The so the tea <laughs> is um the olive branch. Apparently, they're like, "Hey, well, I know we're having this. We don't this thing. We don't like you. We don't know you. I'm gonna have some tea, but first, let's have some tea." And then she's like, Whoa. "Well, she sees them making tea. You and she's do. Like, I know how to do that shit. You, 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 you steep leaves in hot water. <laughs> I'm Japanese, and we're superior at that. So I'm gonna show you how to do it." <laughs> And, and uh, you know, throws together some herbal garbage. I don't like herbal tea. Um, throws together I, some stuff uh, and wins them over with uh, properly made tea. Great. And at this point, I forgot what happened. I just wrote fucking blood ritual. It's always a blood ritual. 
Of course. Um, I, oh, yeah, because it's their weird tower of oh, the truth. Tower, the tower the of truth, sin. The truth, the truth tower. And then, where, where they knock out legs of the tower when you're when they know you're they, lying. They Jenga you. Yeah, they Jenga you. <laughs> and they know you're lying by this old bitch that lives in the uh, that that is their elder who who slams her stick in the exact same spot every time. <sighs> yeah, it just basically is like she determines if you're lying or not. Yeah, and it's like that's Which, dumb. Sure, you're stupid. This whole village is stupid. Yeah. Um. We've done science on this. Polygraphs don't work. <laughs> polygraphs don't work. And especially whenever the polygraph machine is just an old, mean lady. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't uh, understand. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I've so, already written at this point, I hope this old lady dies. Which she doesn't, and she deserved it. They're doing eugenics wow. in this stupid little werewolf hell that's hidden away in the fang forest. And... You mean in Germany? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, oh, the those, German werewolves being Aryan was a little too on the nose. <laughs> oh, I say, okay, I get it. Or would you say on the snout? Okay, I'm done. Moving on. That's my one bad thing. The rest have been good. God damn it, Marcus. L- listeners, go through the <laughs> previous two hours and see if there was any more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've done a lot of puns. Um,. So they have that and their stupid rituals because they're insular backwards bullshit. And we cut to um, the cage user crew shimmying down the side of a mountain because it's treacherous and shit. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> the Royce people show up and are, are I guess they're just tailing them at this point. Yeah. And Victor comes out of nowhere. <laughs> just swan so, dives through the, the thin little plot. So, so to be fair, they showed that um, Suguru noticed that I think the magician was watching him. Yeah. Or, or at least he, he knew was there, but never led on to anyone else. Mm-hmm. At least to us, that was as far as we could tell. So he yeah. knew that the banquet was, was around. Victor dives, uh, knocks uh, the two the guns. Alice rapid shot. Rapid shot off the mountain, and then we have the scene of her just flying. <laughs> I, I totally expected her just to shoot all the way down, and I would have respected yeah. the shit out of her for that. But maybe she expected Kyle to. No, she didn't. Oh, she didn't. She, she was just mad. She's shooting on the way down, and then Kyle ignores Victor and Suguru to like throw a chain and like grab Alice by the leg or some shit. Mm-hmm. And Alice even has a line of like, "Why the fuck did you save me? Go after them." Yeah. So another uh, character that stood on business, and we respect that. Yeah. Um. So. And then that was the end of that episode. Episode 12 starts off, and because we only see like cut, little cuts and shots, and then the uh, uh, sheet that's covered covering the cage most of the time, just tumbling yeah. down the side of the mountain. We get the next shot. We see that Victor scoops up um, Suguru and Aya and just jumps down the mountain. And then we get another weird, like, he's down to work with them. And he's like, hey. Uh, I'm going to give you some information. Uh, I helped you out of this bind. I got the Royce crew off of you. The payment is give me that goddamn gem. Or at least let me use it and hold on to it for a while. Well, he even, because they're like, oh, Suguru has a line of like, man, you're late. And he's like, oh, you expected yeah, they him to expected get the gems away from up, the yeah. fucking Royce guys. God damn it, dude. And he's like, hey, maybe you could give us some information, help us out a little bit. 
maybe don't fuck with us. And Victor's like, Carmilla's with us. We can't do shit during the day anyway. Yeah. So, but me helping you out, how about you give me that diamond as collateral? Yeah, and, and, and I forget what the exchange it. was. It was something like, when I see you at the werewolf village, you give me the diamond back for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And so while the reasoning for, and, and like, the, the specifics of their deal were weird. I did enjoy, again, them just like being cordial. And it's like our mm-hmm. uh, like goals aren't necessarily in opposition. So we have no reason to like just yeah. kill you. You don't have to fight at all times. Yeah. And if I can still benefit from us working together, then I'm going to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Victor's even like. I don't necessarily like, want to kill you. Like. Yeah, I'm cool telling you that the immortal body is still at our location yeah, in London. Yeah. Like, and that's then, cool. Again, <laughs> mm-hmm. that group, that organization is not a monolith. And he's just like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, it doesn't <laughs> bother me. That has to do with me. I, yeah. I do hope they go further into that if this story continues. They need, they need um, to. And explain what Victor's getting out of it if he's willing to just divulge information about the organization that, yeah, it's... It's one of those where it's like it's interesting now, but they need to do more with it to make yeah. the payoff like fully make sense. Yeah, m- maybe Victor's mm-hmm. just looking for Doctor Frankenstein at this point, you know, or he's well, trying to make more of himself, or you know, and make. Well, more. I think the reference is supposed to be Victor, because the name of Doctor Frankenstein is Victor Frankenstein. Oh, it is Victor. Yeah. Was his first name? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm a dingus. So wait, he's the monster too. <laughs> I in yes. this particular story, yes. So it's a throwaway line. But they do mention that he did previously make a monster. It didn't go well. Oh. And so he's like, oh, I don't have control over the monster. I do have control over myself. So I learned a lot from that experiment. What if I just do that shit on myself? Oh, yeah. I I did not catch that. Cool. It's a quick Moriarty throwaway where he's like, he was successful in making the monster, but the results didn't go well, so now he's trying to make himself the monster. Okay, okay, okay. So that it's makes more sense. very quick. That he's yeah. like just pragmatic. So, yeah, it's probably just him doing more research on the monster-making yeah. process. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it is unfortunate that it is a, a quick, pretty throwaway line that has a, it's a interesting. lot of information it's very interesting, yeah. It. Yeah. But, yeah, so basically at this point... They're, they find this tunnel between the two villages, between Wolf and Hell and White People Town. I don't remember the name of the other village. Um, I'm uh, Hulendorf. Hulendorf. <laughs> between Hulendorf and Wolf and Hell, and it's a much shorter passage. Like it's you can get there quick, and they even establish like, oh, a wolf could run that in like an hour. Um, they find a bunch of clues. I'm also kind of speed running this because I kind of don't care mm-hmm. about the end of this. Like, yep. So I apologize, listeners. It's kind of, this is where it falls off pretty hard. Yep. Well, also, uh, it was breakneck yeah. through this part. Bro. It just rushed so through fast. It. And so banquet attacks, folks, the Royce people, they rally up the human village. They follow Suguru and Aya through the tunnels back to Wolf and Hell, and they're like, it's well, fucking time to start a riot, they reveal baby. That so so that what's weird is they showed the shot of Nor of Aya and Suguru going down the tunnel in the uh, escape hatch in the burned out tower. It yeah. showed the Royce people like looking, but then yeah. they say later that Nora left it open so it could be found for him later. 
And I, like I, I didn't understand that either. It's because it's not understandable. Yeah. But so they're like, all right, let's go race war. And so they <laughs> bring people all the like, humans yes. through. <laughs> it's our time. We're rural and we're ready. <laughs> this pitchfork has German. not done a lot of stabbing recently. <laughs> um, and so all hell breaks loose between the wolves and the humans. People are dying left and right. It's nighttime now, so Camilla is being really fucking rapey with everybody. Everybody. Bro, it's problematic. So this and was, like, wildly violent and also cartoonish as fuck. Because, like, yeah. this is a village of werewolves at night. They should, com like, other than the Royce people and the banquet people, the regular mm. villagers should have all fucking died. Been wrecked. Every single yeah, one. Like, to say, the man. But they, like, they got the jump on them and were able to kill them in human form real fast. No. But yeah. it was stupid. It showed that they can turn in, like, three seconds. Two seconds. I will say part of this fight that I did fucking love was the fight between Alice Rapidshot and Alistair Crowley. Yeah, that was fun. And them just, like, bang-banging at each other. And whenever Alice does this pretty dope thing where Alistair's hiding behind something, she, like, kicks up a shovel, shoots bullets off to ricochet off of them to hit him. His body slumps over. She goes over, and she's like, yeah, look at that. I got you, bitch. Kicks his stupid little top hat off. It's not him. And he's like, nothing personal, kid. <laughs> and he's behind her and, like, stabs her with a poison dart. And he's like, you should have seen it coming, baby. And she's like, how'd you do that? And he kind of has this line of, like, oh, I'm a magician. I can do things. And then he has a weird-ass line where he's like, don't worry, you won't die quickly. I'm like, what? that's a weird thing to, like, reassure someone of. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just him talking shit. <laughs> Yeah, so Honestly. Vampire Lady had a had a had a harem at this point. Fucking yeah. um also I laughed every time the like grown adult men voice actors would howl like wolves and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it was so fucking silly because they should be like howl <laughs> And it was so bad i could like because because otherwise like i i liked that everyone had these big uh flowy shawl type yeah clothing on so that it would uh, work for all of their forms and that was like neat. shifting and stuff that yeah. was neat and they had tight it's a small detail that like thought was put into it yeah but. and they have tight uh tattoos like really cool tribal yeah. shit i'm like all right cool i'm into that and then like all right all right gang let's move out we're the elite of this town um and uh and then Kyle is just walking through the town just whipping people with these chains and then like murking neatly lines up a bunch of werewolves in a straight line and I'm like, well, this is silly, but then whips all of their heads simultaneously, multi-shot, you know, multi-kit. It was a very D&D &D moment where it's like the DM didn't realize he was lining up all of these enemies lightning for bolt. the sorcerer then to lightning yep. bolt. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like really violent, but also like really silly. Mm -hmm. A lot of the deaths were like just really silly. And like, again, these villagers should have died to a man. Yeah. Uh, but, but then, and then we, we had a we, shot, like, because they started to do, they started sh setting up the last fights of these, like, people, mm -hmm. me people meeting in episode uh, 12. 
And then this shot with like Kyle with like Victor gave Kyle the biggest misshapen lips. Man. <laughs> Japan. And they were bright fucking red. I am begging you. <laughs> yet again. Learn to fucking draw black people. Please. I will pay for your classes. <laughs> Whatever seminar you have to attend, something. I will help you. Christ. Uh, yeah. But moving on. So, but Suguru saves uh, saves Victor in the Kyle fight because yeah. Kyle was whooping Victor's ass. Yeah. And then Suguru shows up, knocks out Kyle. Basically, like, slams his head against the fucking concrete using his own chains kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Victor then gives him the diamond back. He's like, well, I held up to my end of the bargain. Here's your loot. Oh, also, Aya's body's in London. We got that shit. I'm pretty sure he hasn't, like, cut it up yet. Um, Oh, I skipped ahead. This is where Alice and Alistair fight. Yeah, it's okay. It's not, yeah. it's not Shizuku important. fights Carmilla, uh, but they don't theirs doesn't really resolve. Okay. Um at this point, Cage Crew basically they're going to reveal everything. So humans and werewolves stop fighting just because Aya said to, and she's like, I'm gonna solve this farce. Here is 15 minutes. Explaining everything. Because none of the other shit, they didn't give us enough, like, real clues most of the time to explain it. It was just yeah. pulled, like, you can see it as you, like, a reverse, uh, you know, you can see it kind of come together. But, man, some of the, like, leaps. It was not set up. They would have had to have done. Like, the vampire one set up this precedent of, like, while there were a, Everything is there. A couple things were just kind of pulled out or... They revealed a thing and then immediately came to the conclusion. Didn't give you any time to kind of suss it out on your own, but it wasn't too bad and it was still interesting. Yeah. This one was just like the old Sherlock bullshit. So it was Nora. Nora is also Jute, who pretended to be Louise. I am not gonna go through that long big ass explanation of it. So the one part about the whole explanation that I still don't really get is why did she keep Louise prisoner for so long and then just offer? I yeah, cannot figure I, out what the point of that was. I do not know. I think it was maybe to do uh, uh, as a way to uh, get Nora out of the priestess ceremony thing. At that point, I mean, because she was I up guess? for it. I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't like it. Yeah, but that's but the only she thing was, that makes sense. She was also able to. Tr she could have just left and lived in the human village once she wanted to leave. Yeah, no, yeah. her keeping Luis alive made didn't make a lot of sense to me, and that's when I was just like, man, man, this is so fucking dumb, and yeah, like. <sighs> so end of the anime. They plan on going to London to get Aya's body. Um, it was Nora the whole time. Well, so there is a cool <laughs> fight scene in the dark between that was Suguru and Nora. That was... I actually had a, I had a lot of gripes with this fight scene. Oh, really? I thought it was at least interesting and cool. Uh, it was it interesting. Was stylistic. It was stylistic, Felt like a cop but out. it was them saving budget. Cop-out, yep. <laughs> it was a cop-out, but if, they covered if you're gonna, it with If it. you're going to save budget, 
do something like this. It's at least yeah, creative oh, I and agree. interesting. It's a good way to say, yeah, buddy. because like the first four episodes, like those cool edits we were talking about, they all stopped. Yeah. They played it real fucking straight from then. <laughs> they also do these transitions where it's like a fucking Microsoft PowerPoint transition, where it's just like it's a square, and then like the small square comes out from the middle and gets bigger to fill the scene. Yeah. And I was like, I, why are you doing this? Like, what is this MS Paint shit? Yeah. So, and then the other part is, so they, they eventually do take down Nora, and they have a point where they could take her in, kill her, but then they let her go because, they just let her go. oh, you were saving werewolves from the werewolf breeding program, which I do agree is a good thing, <laughs> Yeah. but you murdered so many other people <laughs> to do it. You murdered four, five children, four, four, five humans. Yeah, because they looked... Because they looked similar to the werewolves they were trying to save. Oh, and like, man. why was like Louise was just down in this fucking cave for a year and four months, just yep. scraping away at the walls? Like, so the only thing that makes sense with that is Louise just hates the human village so much that she's like, yeah, fuck them all. And I yeah. get that. So while I, I get that Louise was more or less down to go along with Jute's plan just because of spite because spite's pretty powerful I'll get you I'll give you that I can do all things through yeah. spite which strange Yeah that, that's how I like you know mow the grass and you know everything through spite um mm-hmm. and but the, them just having that unanswered like the 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 parents who left their child down by the river like some man in a van was going to show up and take her away. Um, I know that there was no van. Um, but like just those horrible people not being answered for what they've done, the, this all out battle happening in the werewolf village, just kind of stopping because Nora is standing on a pile of, of number. Great. And it's like, Oh, well, dang, we're killing each other. Let's just forget that. And live in peace in our respective villages again for, you know, a while. And I was bugging there for a moment. Will you forgive me for killing all your kids? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and so, so like, Nora and slash Jute's reasoning for what she did made sense, but she still killed innocent people. Like, this system sucks. Fuck the system. Fuck all the people in, involved. But, like... These were innocent kids <laughs> that you yeah, that yeah. you were often. And Aya's character just seems to be like, I only care about solving the mystery. I don't give a shit about bringing anyone to justice. Which we have never had that <laughs> yeah. angle yet. Like before this, it seems like it was just justice, not like, oh, here's a problem to be solved, and I'm gonna f- approach this intellectually. Mm-hmm. But the actual yep. like ethical parts i don't care i solved the mystery i got my rocks off i'm good you can fucking leave (laughs) yeah i did what i came to do bitch bye so that was so weird this whole like if if man if we just somehow magically only assigned up through the heist arc i would have enjoyed the fuck out of this yeah it would have even with some even with some gripes uh, they weren't damning but this werewolf mm-hmm. shit was so bad yeah. and rushed. So speaking of scores, this is already going to be about two and a half hour episode. No. Let's, yeah, we let's should get, get into, into that. Yeah. Dan, yeah. I believe you, you're leading us off. Okay. Um, I've given you all my problems with this in, in spades. Um, but the first two arcs were good. And 
Mm-hmm. It was good. It just had a, such a shit ex- execution towards the end. Animation fell off. All the cool editing fell off. The writing fell off. Just it all just tanked. Uh, so I'm gonna give it like a. But but the but the first you know eight or so were just good. They were genuinely good. Um, I'm gonna give it a like a seven th- three. Yeah, I, I feel comfortable with that. After your like grossly overrated <laughs> comments, a seven three seems a little high for for you. But <laughs> I I still really I enjoyed the eight seven nine one. You know, up into that eight range for Mal because we know it's this weird bell curve around seven and a half, right? Yeah. So it's like seven nine one versus like a seven five is a bigger jump than a one to a five kind of thing for mm-hmm. Mal. Um. So that's my perspective on that. So seven two is or seven three. I, I feel. What did I say? Three. Seven point three. Yes. Seven. Okay. Let's stick with seven three. That's it. You know. J- just I was expecting you to come in below seven with that initial comment. Just, same. I. Yeah. Same. Well, if it didn't, if if I would have just done the first eight, this would have been like an eight easy. Like I would have agreed with Mal mm-hmm. more or less. Yeah. Okay. For for me, if if it was the first four episodes, this is probably a nine. After the first eight episodes, I'm probably closer to an eight. After all thirteen, I'm down at a seven. Uh, okay. This this definitely worked the best when it was trying to do tight mystery with some supernatural characteristics. And I think the more supernatural shit they forced in there, and the more action they tried to force in there, the weaker the show got. And it just got a little too convoluted towards the end. Didn't keep the tight mystery focus. Had some questionable character decisions that I'm not sure I understand or felt were earned or made sense. And then the studio just bit off more than they can chew, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just trying. And my 7-3 is very generous because of how much I did enjoy the first bits. But that last part, you know, while I was vocal about it, it didn't tank the whole show. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, but that's where the two and 2.7 points of... <laughs> of score disappeared to was just four episodes of garbage. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm, I think I'm generally higher than you guys though. Overall, I'm going to say I hover between an eight, 8.5. Woof. Even, but hear me out. (laughs) God damn it. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) But the first bit, after the vampire arc, I was like, God damn, is this going to be a 10 for me? Like, I was enjoying this so much where I was genuinely like, this might be a 10. And I'm conflicted about that. I don't want to give something a 10, but I think it might be earning that from me. And then we got into the uh, the Phineas Fogg, Phileas Fogg arc, and it started to dip down a bit. And I was like, okay, I'm being unrealistic. It's not a 10. It's a 9.5. Nine. I'm still enjoying the shit out of it, and I love everything about it. Except for Carmilla, that brought me down pretty heavy. Yeah. After that, though, this wolf arc, I was like, man, I'm not enjoying this nearly as much. There is still stuff I like, mostly banter-wise, and just because I enjoy Suguru as a character... And, like, his banter and, like you were saying, like, his storytelling stuff I enjoy quite a bit. But it did drop down to, like, an 8.5, 8 for me. But that's just because 
these were so bad, but the first two arcs did such heavy lifting for me that I liked it so much. And yeah, it oozed with style out of the gate. Yeah. But unfortunately, that last arc, it was like they either ran out of episodes or they didn't know what they were going to do or a different person started writing it or directing it and editing it. It seemed like a really bad budget thing. I don't know. It had to have been budget or um, time crunch or something. Yeah. Or I'm wondering if it's like a Full Metal Alchemist scenario where it's like, oh, we ran out of manga. Let's just do something. But I, they, they at least pulled it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they had the light novels. Like, yeah. They were done. They, uh, I, and that's, I'm just saying, that's what it seemed okay, like. Okay, okay, okay. Where it was like a. Because it seemed so different than the rest of it. So, eight, eight, five. Uh, what are you going to do? I got to record it. So, which one are you going with? <sighs> eight, five. Just because I I did like, I know it's high, but I loved the first bits so much. And I think they could bring it back around. If they do, if they come with more content later, you know, another season, Mm -hmm. and they're a little more deliberate with some of their shit, tighten it up, you know, and kudos to the studio. If this is their first, like, first big solo project. It's, I think it's their second. Second big big solo project. But still. That's not bad. I mean, not everyone can yeah. be the Mashoko uh, Tensei's studio Tensei, that's just out of the gate, showed yeah. up and started killing it. And I mean, out of 13 episodes, I don't like four of them. That's pretty good. It's just unfortunate that they were four episodes back to back to back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, I mean, if it was like a bad episode within the vampire arc, okay. A bad episode within the heist arc, okay. You know what I mean? Like... So I think we judge a little harsher because it was just shit back to back to back to back. So on the off chance that the writer of the light novel listens to this podcast, highly doubt, but yeah, when you're writing mm-hmm. some of the, your, uh, your novels, so I think four is out. So if you write five, six, seven, whatever one, that would be in season two. You don't have to include Banquet and Royce in every single one. In fact, you'd probably do better if they showed up like every other book. Yeah, separately and um, know, flesh them out. Or if they were their own arc, yeah, just right. them. Yeah. Or like, give me just a Royce arc, just a Banquet arc. Yeah, just them and they don't necessarily have the mystery be the key part where then just everyone's showing the fuck up to it. Yeah. Because um, I think you seem to be stronger when you were writing a more coherent and like enclosed, Tight. capsulated thing yeah hard agree hard agree yeah by the time you got to the third arc there was just too much happening it was everywhere but all right uh do we have any final thoughts or closing arguments before we close this bitch out after two and a half hour part two i hope we're out of things to say (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got nothing else what a shame well yeah in any case, thanks everyone for joining us. Actually, I will, this is what I'll say. Uh, for all the shows we watched, this had the strongest start that just tailed off. That's usually not the case in the things we've watched. So th- that was agreed. Something certainly different from a lot of the previous things we've watched. Uh, that was yeah, Megalobox for me. <laughs> God damn it! And man. we got it in under the water. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know someone's got a. Bingo. That is the longest we've gone <laughs> without a Megalobox. Uh, usually, it's in the first ten minutes of part two. Man. All right. But we made it two and a half hours? But yeah. All right. 
<laughs> but thanks, everybody. Thank you. We will catch you all next week with Nick back in the host seat. Until then, may all the anime you watch be tens. Don't watch Domestic Girlfriend. Thanks, everybody. See ya. See you next Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anime Backlog Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to leave us a review, follow us on social media, or just tell your friends about us. We really appreciate any help you guys can give us in growing the podcast, and we really are appreciative of all of the support you have given us thus far. You can follow the podcast on most social media platforms at the handle at the Anime Backlog. If you wish to follow us individually, you can do so on Twitter, Dan at Avarice77, Nick at Nick Sparts, and me at Marcus RVO. If you want to follow along for our next assignment, Nick has me and Dan watch the first season of Lycoris Recoil. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Let's <laughs> go.